and Moto podcast number 346. We're in the house. I know, yes. Chris brought us, so Chris brought us the makings for Dark and Stormies. Uh, Chris brought us the, yay! So we have no li- liftoff. No liftoff, no. He brought us the plantation rum and the goslings and well fucking played, sir. And then John brought the fruit juices. I pitched in a little bit. So we got fruit juices on top of that. So no scurvy. So we don't get the sound scurvy. guy. I know. Yeah. Ooh. And the people on, he deserves it though. He worked uh, on that yeah. board for so long. The people he that did. the people yeah. that can't see this or are just listening to it will totally think that was a bong though. So that's they will think that was a bong rip. <laughs> yeah, that's one hundred percent clearly a bong rip. My God, man! So, uh, do you guys remember last week in our podcast? Not much. Do you remember last week? <laughs> no. Because we were playing around with crossbows. Oh yeah. And the yeah, police yeah, came. Yeah. And then later on, a drunk guy showed up, and I had to chase him out. After he, and he threatened to kill you. He said, I've got a gun or something. I'll just shoot you or whatever. Yeah, I took off a little too early, apparently. You did. Yeah, yeah. things got weird. Uh, I have some video of it if you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the cops showed up and they're like, John was like full out like a uh, walking dead pose with a crossbow. I, I started getting a little too serious with it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I'm going to hit that apple. I'm going to hit that apple. Yeah, we had an apple staked to a cardboard man target that we made on the tree out in the front yard here. And... Uh, and I got to say, it looked spectacular. I mean, it looked really good. And we were having so much fun with that damn thing. What is that, 26 bucks? 26 bucks. I highly recommend the crossbow pistol on Amazon to all of my friends. And, and you know, the, <laughs> and it, really, it got in touch. The outside of the container, when the cop showed up and was giving us uh, no shortage of bad noise, right? About like, come on, guys, what the hell? You know, uh, you want to find someplace else to do that? Yeah, you want to find someplace else to do that? And I was like, do what? It looks like you're shooting. Right. And I was like, well, it says ages eight and up on the box. (laughs) (laughs) And the cop was like, well, and I'm like, I think you have to be older to use Airsoft. I was like, this is way under Airsoft. And he's like, well, but do you have to do it right out there? And I was like, well, again. He said, hide behind behind the trunk. That's what he said. He said, like, go behind the building. And I was like, he doesn't know this area very well. There isn't a behind the building. That's somebody's yard. So he was kind of like exerting his authority. But meanwhile, it did say on the box, it said for ages eight and up. Well, Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) But the point being, if it's it's clearly a child's toy, right, you shouldn't give me a ration of shit just because as a law enforcement officer, it makes you nervous, right? So you... And again, they didn't kill us because we're white. He didn't right. actually think I was shooting anything because no. they got out of their car and they didn't pull their guns. Again, you know what I mean? we're all white guys, right? We're all white guys standing around a fire in the front yard of a business on Lorraine Avenue. Uh, Plus the target was racially ambiguous. The, I did make the target. My target that I made, hastily made man target, was done intentionally racially ambiguous there was no way anybody would have a problem with that target yeah, but how did they miss the cpd on the side of it <laughs> ah, hey, that's but it was just one of those things that was like sometimes cops are just being cops to be cops yeah i think that heart that you drew looked more like a badge but oh come on no, so no. yeah uh, he kind of looked like Walt Jesco. <laughs> like he was almost a fucking ska guy. I was like, damn. He dude. did kind of look like Walt Jesco. Yeah, our target for the <laughs> our target for the crossbow. But again, we all had fun with the crossbow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Way more fun than it should have been. So again, to all my friends who like riding motorcycles, I recommend getting yourself a crossbow pistol. They're fun. Yeah, they're so much fun. 
It's impressive. It, I mean, like, it goes. It, it goes. And it was pretty accurate. <laughs> pretty fucking accurate. Like, there was no question. We were hitting that apple. At 10 paces. I yeah, mean. 10 paces. We were, we were, we were. We would have been a threat. And then, of course, as the night got drunker, John and I, uh, we downgraded into rapid fire. Like, okay, somebody's on your property. You have to defend your wife's honor with a crossbow. <laughs> and how retrieve quickly, the arrow, too? No. How quickly okay. can you get off three shots Oh, okay. with a crossbow? It's not fast. Oh. But it's remarkable, like, just instinct shooting a crossbow. We'd have fucked somebody up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like death by BB gun. At 10 feet, 10 feet away, most times you would hit them somewhere. 10 paces dead for sure. Without, I mean, yeah. without even aiming. Just no. Well, drop. That's two. what yeah. I got excited. Um, YouTube recommended a video to me about um, a dude that bought a rail gun. So he has a handheld fucking rail gun. So what? it has. Yeah, it's got like the electromagnets. Yeah. On the top, right. And it has three settings. So when he had it on the low, he, right. he was like. And he's like, his buddy's like, I could take a hit from that. So he walks out and he shot him. He's like, yeah. fuck, okay, it hurt a little bit. Yeah, I'm okay, okay. Yeah, right. Then they went to the medium setting, yeah, yeah. and it was going pretty good. And he's like, well, let's try it on, you know, all yeah. the way up. And that fucker was blowing through everything, and it was like, and like it, it, it shoots metal discs yeah. because it needs for the metal or the um the uh. The, the, what do you call those fucking things? Magnets. Magnets. Electromagnets. Yeah. <laughs> How do they work? I don't know. I what don't the hell? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so like it, it doesn't shoot bullets. It shoots right. these magnetic discs, but it was pretty cool. It's very cool. Yeah. yeah. It's that demolition ranch guy. I'm sure you've seen yeah, that. So, guy. Yeah. So yeah, we've seen everything but, up. And, but I abs- I had so much fun after the podcast. So if anybody's ever been to our podcast, you'll know that the podcast is literally a couple of hours that we do in the front end. Yeah. Well, there's the front end is the smoking and the beer drinking and Steve getting in the soundboard ready. And then that's the pre-podcast. And then the podcast happens. And then there's the post-podcast, which can go out till 1.30, 2 o'clock in the yeah, morning. It all depends yeah. on what happens the next day. Sometimes- we could, yeah, we could have evil, evil stunt cycles out. We're probably going to be fire. There will probably be fire Usually, of some sort. Yeah. But the after-podcast thing gets a little weird. So to my left, Chris Smith, bringer of the rum. To his left, uh, Steve Sleepy. Steve Hoffert. And his left, Johnny Mac, and your humble narrator, Phil Waters, and Ooh, that was a record. It was because yeah, yeah, that was I, good. There's only the people like five people, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like you got five people. Yeah, we keep it tight. Yep. Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to say was the podcast sounded so good last week. Yeah, it did good despite being outside. Yeah. with a fire and wind yeah. and sirens and cops and drunks and everything else. It did sound think, really nice. You know why? I think because everybody's starting to get the idea that you have to talk into the mics. Yeah, I've so gotten, I, I picked up the habit where if it's not hitting my mustache, yeah. I'm not close enough. Right. So yeah. then I can start, I, I was able to gain the mics down a yeah. little bit. And so there's gain less room the noise and more just us. Yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, so I like it, it a lot. That worked out well. So, and you still make all the abstract noises here to destroy the podcast. <laughs> You're like, I would love it so much, but then somebody makes some weird mouth rectal noise. But yeah, yeah. okay, so do you remember last week when I when I cheerfully invited Manscaped back? Yes. Hi Phil. Oh no. Anne Marie here from Manscaped. Manscaped. Hope all is well. First off, thank you so much for your ongoing Manscaped campaign. We've received some messages on social about us paying the podcast. (laughs) Okay. That's neither good nor bad. The invoices sent have been approved, and our account team pays net 30. Please be patient. 
right. Some people went out there campaigning Talk on our about loyal hey, listeners. Hey, you folks, pay our friends at Cleveland Motor. <laughs> we'll burn your building down. Pay them. Now, Phil's going to go back. We're going to have to say a little return email. We have to talk about increasing our uh, thing. You don't want the heat. Hold on, folks. It gets better. <laughs> but wait. This I, will be I wouldn't be reading this if this wasn't awesome. I trust me. Yes. I wouldn't be reading this nice. if this wasn't awesome. We saw a 0.54 ROI return on investment this past month. My budget is extremely tight. Yeah. And due to the recent performance of the code... We unfortunately are unable to extend this partnership into October. Let's give the audience a break on the show and keep in touch for another run down the line. Thank you. Hope you understand. All the best. Cleveland Motive Podcast tonight is brought to you by our friends over at Street Skills and Cornering Confidence. That's right. We're going to teach you how to ride a motorcycle better than you currently do today by doing important things as trail braking. Wow. Being aware of where you are in the turn. Whoa. Where am I? Our friends over at Street Skills and Cornering Confidence. Yeah. John Del Vecchio has written one of my favorite books on the topic of safe motorcycle riding. I sleep with that book. That book is one of my favorite, favorite references. And you may recall a couple of weeks ago when we talked about Fortnite, talking about bike positioning in the turns and stuff like that. Sure do. And we made the mistake of just saying like, you know, hey, we love Fortnite. What he's doing is great. It's a marketing thing. He's selling a lot of stuff for a Canadian company. That's cool. We enjoy the fuck out of his videos. Mm-hmm, They're mm-hmm. very entertaining. But we did bring up our friend. John Del Vecchio, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because John has put the rubber where the fucking road is, man. He has put literally his own time and his money into creating a program that is going to make people like you and me and John and everybody else into actually better riders if we can't afford to go out and have 15 fucking track days a year, right? Right. By c- making a book that is legitimately a fun book to read, it's got great pictures, it's got all kinds of cool stuff in it. And has consistently done. He does stuff at the AM Expo. He does stuff at AMA Vintage Days. He has worked with the American Motorcyclists Association to prove that he's not dicking around. John has really done everything he can to help make riders better, safer, better qualified to ride their motorcycles, not in a sporting fashion, but in a fucking street fashion. Mm -hmm. You know, using body position, using your weight on the motorcycle, loading up the front tire, and really changed the way I ride a motorcycle. Yeah. And made my riding motorcycles a hell of a lot more enjoyable. Made my back tire last twice as fucking long. <laughs> which is, hey, if I'm changing the back tire the same day I'm changing the front tire, it's a good day. Well fucking done, man. Yeah. You got my attention right fucking there. So John Del Vecchio, Street Skills Cornering Confidence Program. That is one thing. This podcast... I don't care if you got a hairy bush. If I'm riding behind you in a ride and you're a dangerous motherfucker, I'm going to recommend that you read Cornering Confidence. And I have. He's got. He's the hairiest fucker I know. <laughs> I was riding behind. And I support the sponsor. And I support the shit out of this sponsor. I love this guy. So hey, Phil, right. I follow his techniques on the can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> face in the mirror. Stick your face in the mirror, motherfucker. Right. Uh, yeah. where, where can somebody find out where to get this? Book? Well, it turns out it's called www.streetskills.net. Street. Yeah, I bet you it might be down there. I think it maybe. probably is. Right. Yeah. Streetskills.net. 
The book is called Cornering Confidence. If I love you, I may have even given you a copy already. This is one of those things that there's very few things that you can do today to make yourself a better rider, and that is start using your brakes differently. Right? You can also change somebody's life by giving somebody this book. They might live. Really? I mean, that's I'm not joking. Saying. Give this yeah. book to someone you love who rides a bike. I can assure you firsthand, $29.99 goddamn cents. The cost of one third of a Manscaped 4.0 trimmer. <laughs> and I can assure you reading that book, one was entertaining, but two, it taught me and reinforced to me things that I thought I knew about and I really didn't know about. It gave me reasons for something that I picked up instinctively and then made me realize, turns out there's a better way to do it. Yay, yay to John Del Vecchio. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you read this book and you become like a devotee, if you become evangelical about this book, and then you take the uh, Law Enforcement Motorcycle Riders Program, Uh and you go in there and your instructor yells at you because you're not using enough rear brake... And you explain to them how using the front brake in that situation is totally safer and better and gives you more control in the situation. Mm-hmm. They're going to take five points off your score. <laughs> I think I got five points off for being right and five points off for arguing about it. Uh-huh. So arguing is probably a five point infraction. Being right is also a five point infraction sure. when you're dealing with law enforcement officers and Harley Davidson's. But the point being, I was able to do the course better. I was able to turn the bike harder. I was able to accomplish the goal in a shorter, smaller radius turn and stop quicker than the other uh, classmates. Mm -hmm. Yet I still got 10 points off (laughs) because I wasn't using the rear brake. And yet I did everything better. So John Del Vecchio cost me 10 points in my class, but it also gave me... Again, a feeling of being in charge of the motorcycle. I thought you were going to say superiority. Well, the superiority came when the 50... You already went in with that. Right. I went in... So I was the only guy 52 years old that wasn't sponsored. Well, I was 50 when I did the course. That I wasn't sponsored by a police department. So I went in on my own dime. And I went in and I showed up day one with a box of donuts because I understand the way law enforcement works. <laughs> and by the end of the course, I was the number... So I had the highest score in the course by the end of the end of the training. So that's a big thing to me was that all the young whippersnappers, right? And everyone else was there on somebody else's motorcycle. I was damaging my bike, right? the bike I paid money for. So, but anyway, that's what that is. So if you do want to get in touch with John Del Vecchio, if you want to get in touch with Cornering Confidence, um, he's doing, he sets up these things now. He went and bought a bunch of uh, like the Grimm's. Oh yeah. So he got a bunch of Grimm's. So he bought a bunch of Grimm's and set them all up the same so he can do parking lot training. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he can, idea. he can set it up and get you out into a parking lot and train a bunch of your friends all at the same time. You could have a party mm-hmm. and invite John and he'll show up and train all your friends on how to make your riding safer on cool little uh, Grom clones. Awesome. Badass. Uh, John at streetskills.net is how you get in touch with him directly. And now here's the trick. I'm going to, now I'm going to fuck it all up for everybody. John didn't give me a nickel. Yeah. Why? Well, I just true. fucking like him. Yeah. So I just like him. I just think he's cool. And I think what he's doing is great. And I think that here's to him for taking his knowledge and his experience and putting it into a $30 book and and continuing to produce it and make it. And and that's great. So I give him a lot of love because we need more people doing exactly the same thing. I like anybody that goes and does something and actually does it. And that was a 100% not paid endorsement. Yeah, good. So that was was it. Cleveland Moto's giving back to the troops. Uh, That's it. So look at this fucking thing, right? So tonight, if it wouldn't have rained, 
because it's October in Cleveland. <laughs> Look yeah. at this fucking thing. I know. The I mission for tonight. John. Yeah. <laughs> the mission for tonight was to ride John. No, the mission for tonight. Well, giddy up. Giddy up. <laughs> this ass seat's 12. Right. <laughs> I got. I don't have love handles. I got OSHA rated handholds. Just remember, everybody likes a sugar daddy till daddy wants his sugar. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So all these guys on uh, on the forums, even on Adventure Rider, are gushing over this bike. So, yeah, this is a weird one. Uh so the bike we're pointing at is a Benelli Leoncino 500. Leoncino is Italian for small lion. We're going to get that out of the way first. Isn't it considered a trail bike? They call it. So the name of the bike, because they didn't want to be Camaro and call it a scrambler. Right. Because everything now is a scrambler. I just saw the Goldwing scrambler, by the way. That's pretty <laughs> fucking bold. I got to give him credit. TK, Wait, seriously? Yeah. T- TKC 80s on the Goldwing. You didn't see that? High, High pipes. pipes. Yeah, it's really cool. No. Yeah. Gold, the Goldwing. Yeah, it's Goldwing 15 or 1800 Scrambler. Look That's it up. Ridiculous. Yeah. No, I I'm making wait, it I just looked it up. It, it really is true. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, they went with Buzaka or Bu- Buzaka. Bozuzuku style? Yeah, Buzuzuku yeah. in the fucking bag. It's got seven headlights. Yeah. It's great. It was cool. The pipe looked awesome. No, dude. no. Honda didn't do that. The but at like the you know, just when three everybody hit, showed... Three into one into two. Three into four. one into two into four. <laughs> <laughs> just when everybody showed up late to the cafe racer party... Somebody was like, and switch the knob to scrambler. Yeah. Just after everyone got done cutting the last two feet off their motorcycles, somebody was like, scrambler, put the weld that shit back on again, <laughs> you know? And so basically what they had to do is they had to go scrambler because- I would argue the scramble just means you need to take more stuff back off. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, right. And everyone who did that, so like when you think about everybody that made a cafe racer- then it was all like, oh shit, well, I got that four into one now in the bottom. I got to figure a way to, out a way to make that exhaust burn my girlfriend's thighs. You know, and if I can figure out how to do that, then it's a scrambler. Four into two up high. Yes, exactly. So what Benelli did, so Benelli makes this Leoncino in two different versions. Benelli makes a lot of fucking motorcycles. Don't let what's available in the United States throw you. They make a lot of bikes and they have made a lot of bikes for a long time. Now... U.S. distribution is handled by SSR, which does our little dirt bikes we love so much. And this bike's a 500cc parallel twin, eight valve, fuel injected, six speeds, and a partridge in a pear tree. Looking cool. It is. And they make this bike as a street bike with 17-inch wheels Mm -hmm. and cast wheels. And it sits a little bit lower. This bike that's in front of us right now has the 17 on the back and the 19 on the front, lace wheels, Mets are Tourance tires which are actually really fucking good tires. And a real metal front fender ornament. I love the fact that it has a hood mount. Like, American cars haven't had a hood mount for a very long time. It's got a little sneaky trail on the back. It does have the word trail on the back to tell you, in case you missed it, that this is the one with the Tourance tires, right? And uh, this is the one with the lace wheels, and this is the one with the bigger suspension travel. So I have been taking this motorcycle out and summarily enjoying it for the past couple of weeks. It looks like you splashed through a mud puddle. I've gone through a lot of things on this bike. (laughs) And I've gone through a lot of things on this bike uh, at full chat, let's just say. Uh, Left Porco on Tuesday night, did a little (laughs) top speed testing, uh, 108 miles per hour indicated. So it's a really cool bike. And here's what's funny about it is, you know, this thing showed up. You were saying it has way more horsepower than a Versys too. 
<laughs> what doesn't? I think it's fifty. I think it's like fifty-three oh, HP and thirty-three torques. Right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the well, right. he's, he's not. Yeah. Right. The deal with the the no, deal. I'm pretty with the, sure this thing would smoke Chris's Janus. Yeah. It's. <sighs> hey, Chris brought the Janus over the other day, and I put a few ounces in the gas. Tank. Oh, you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's after I followed him home. <laughs> Uh, you shot a little bit in it. <laughs> Here's the weird thing. So I'm gonna just get the did fucking you foam in his anus. Because <laughs> what did you put in it? Sea foam. You put little, you put a little sea foam in his j- anus. Yeah. You remember, guys? It's not a. It was steep it's foam. A, it's a j- anus. Steep foam. <laughs> That's right. Every year, you should be putting at least three ounces of steep foam in your bike. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it needed something because when we came back, it only do forty, right? Or, yeah. It was, it was. It was. Oh, it corked up. So I drove. Oh, so it was twice as fast as the Versys. <laughs> oh. I drove all the way out to fucking Catawba Island to go see him fucking handing out beer. And as I'm one fucking block away from the brewery, he passes me going the other way. What? And I'm like, motherfucker. So then I stop and then we turned around and yeah. then he was his thing was clogged up and it was. So I had stopped and gotten some fuel. Right. And uh, I put in the high test. And well, that was thir- your pro- 30 feet down the road, it was just gummed up. I mean, it was fucked up. So we limped it on back. Yeah. And. Thanks to Cinch for we had the escorting me home. I had, yeah. a, I had my fucking four ways on my, my Z900. I'm behind him. We're doing 40 on the highway. People are just like, whoa. Well, yeah. I mean, you had to go across that Sandusky Bay Bridge. Absolutely. Yeah. No, there's no, I mean, there's no cheating on that. You're yeah. going on the freeway, dude. That's yeah. it. Route two is route two. Yeah. It may be the only thing you can use because Lake Road doesn't go across the bay. Nope. So it's just Route 2 for but you Then we at that got point. on Lake, and then, yeah. then we got to join a whole group of really fun Harley guys that we rode with for what? <laughs> Too long. Yeah. Nine hours? <laughs> yeah. Right. Is the longest trip ever to Avon Lake? <laughs> poor, like, poor Cinch. He, he gets up to uh, Clay Gross and says, all right, I'm out of that. Yeah, I'm out of here. Go. Go. That's it. I can see the freeway from here. Well, yeah. not like that, but they were like literally, like it was like 25 miles or 35 miles an hour. They're like, we'll do 20. Right. Absolutely. And then at 25, they're like, we're going to do about 15. That's right. what we're doing. Yeah. And it was unbelievable. Which it was is like this. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. Which is just awful. Never looking straight ahead. No. <laughs> Always looking at 90 degrees. All of them had drink holders on their handlebars. I oh, wonder like- if they turned their rear cylinder off or something. <laughs> nice. Nice. They, they literally, they were in parade mode. <laughs> yeah. So they were running on one. Let's, yeah. Let's turn the back. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> You're not going to say it. Still more horsepower than a bird. Oh, you fucking animal. The, uh, that's, so, you know, one of the things is for people who deal with us on the regular, you'll know that in the summertime, I don't get to ride a whole lot. Mm-hmm. My, my Sunday is my only day off. I spend that with my wife. If we go for a ride together, that's great. But we normally do our riding in the morning in the bedroom, get out of the way early, <laughs> you know, and then we get Monte Cristos. So, uh, but, but it really is. It's one of those things that is just. I don't get a chance to ride nearly fucking enough. You know what? You got to pull a George from uh, Seinfeld and combine that Monte Cristo with the riding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like just we got to ride out. to get a Monte Cristo, yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve so, said Monte Crisco. Yeah, it's a Monte Crisco. That's not how I make them. I don't use any Crisco in my Monte. It's all Cristo. The, well, I thought uh, you could use a Crisco for something else, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey. That sounds weird. Hey. It's a Freudian slip. Why does my dick taste like maple syrup and ham? Because it's awesome. Because it's the best dick ever. I think right. if anybody's getting Crisco'd, we know who it is. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Game on. Oh, no, not that again. 
you guys, uh, non sequitur. Uh, My wife's name is Peg. So exactly. <laughs> you're in trouble. And she's Scottish. So, like, years ago, when I used to have Law's Leather, the bondage shop, sure. sponsor me for racing. Like, they fixed all my leathers and shit. When I, the weirdest thing, the weirdest thing I've ever seen in a bondage shop, and that's saying something. Right. The weirdest thing I saw was a leather Crisco can cozy. No. There you go. There you go. So it was a leather that exists thing yeah. that went around your can of Crisco. Yeah, so it fits in the bedroom. You know, you can't have cooking devices laying around. You don't want to see like that cherry pie on the Santa Crisco, the can of Crisco when you're getting jiggy. Right. Right. So instead, it's got this nice studded snap black leather wrap. Yeah. So it literally was a Crisco cozy for like the, what is it? Like the 32 ounce can of Crisco. Sure. And again. You show up with the Crisco cozy on your bandolier when you show up at the party. The fact is, if you go into somebody's house and you're like, oh, I'm going to throw my coat on the bed, and you throw your coat on the bed and you look over and there's a leather Crisco cozy, these people are pro gamers. Yeah. Yeah. There's and a pineapple on the door. Your- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> your, your coat. It's like a lubrac. Your coat. <laughs> yeah. Your, your coat that you just threw on the bed now has three diseases. That yes. you <laughs> Keep it local. I think with the Crisco, don't you? Like, oh. I have no idea. But the point being, I don't ever want to be screwing and thinking about pie, pie crusts. Well, and this is like, the thing. So, yeah. I, I, when I you said that, contaminate we the don't, Crisco, though. We don't have uh, Manscaped anymore. But can we still talk about cupping? Yeah, I was a little concerned that I'm not going to hear cuffing anymore, man. Cuffing? It's winter. Cuffing? That's just what, or what is cuffing? cuffing? Cuffing. It's cuffing. like handcuffs. Sorry, yeah. From now, it's cuffing. Until, right. now until Christmas. Right. And by the way, if you're listening to this, go out and get your flu shot. It's that time of the year. Just do it. And you know, me. And now I'm kind of motivated. I think yeah. if our listeners could help us and fund this, yeah. let's start Clamscape. Let's, oh, yeah, let's yeah. take down Manscaped and start our own thing. Let's start our own thing. Clamscape. Yeah. We'll just go to the same company. How much we'll you in Make for? them think. I was going to say, I, I, I mean, know. I'm Couple sure we can find the Couple manufacturer <laughs> in the country Pretty of easy. origin. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> so here's the trick, and this is a fun thing. So while I'm riding this bike, and I got to say, I have been riding this bike quite a bit and enjoying the piss out of it. Like, this Benelli Leoncino is a silly fun bike. It is an absolutely hilarious bike. And John brought up a point earlier, something I hadn't thought about was... The Honda Rebel 500. Yeah. I've ridden them. I've ridden a bunch of them. If I were anything over five foot six, this bike exists on the planet. There is no way I'm going to buy a Rebel 500 when I can buy this. Yeah. I mean, this thing is... Price point. So much fun. Price is about the same. They're about the same. Yeah, exactly. It even has, I'm I'm surprised at this. If you look at the foot pegs, it has the removable rubber thing. So if you're actually going to ride off-road, you can pop them out and then you have teeth on the thing. Oh, yeah. No, there's so many clever things. The fully adjustable suspension, front forks and rear. I mean, okay, the Honda Rebel does not have fully adjustable suspension. Sorry, it doesn't. I don't think it has very good suspension at all, to be honest. Right. The Honda Rebel is $6,299, This bike is $61.99. And the Honda Rebel looks like it's ready to fold in half when you're riding it. The Honda Rebel looks, its styling is what I like to call challenging. It looks like you're riding a seahorse. Every time I look at a Honda (laughs) Rebel, I don't get the joke. I mean, it's not, it's obviously not engineered for me. It's not built for me. It's not my jam. But I'm telling you that riding this thing, which has a half a gallon more gas in the tank, right, which has 
Yes, a three inch or four inch higher seat height. Yes, it does. More bounce to the ounce. Absolutely more bounce to the ounce. And I have had the suspension on this bike set for loser. This suspension on this bike has been literally as undamped as any suspension has ever been. I decided to take this bike that has the word trail on it to set the suspension for 1986 KLR650. <laughs> Just and, walk. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just go out. Like, like not even stale marshmallow, fresh marshmallow. <laughs> and I've been riding this bike around, and you can stuff it into corners and do berm shots where there are no berms. <laughs> it's the dumbest, funnest bike ever. Yeah. I am, My latest new fun thing is just every time I make a left or right onto a street and there's no traffic for the visible distance, those are all zero to 90 time trials. <laughs> and it's just ripping through first gear, second gear, third gear. And then you're looking down, you're like, okay, 90 back out of it right? This is a fun bike for a 500cc. Um, it's apparently getting around 54 miles per gallon, um, which is being ridden like a goddamn light switch. And that's, you know, that that's appealing to him. He might even look at it. Now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I ran my first tank of gas through it as a tank of 87 octane, and then I ran my second tank of gas through it as a tank of 93 octane. And here's the thing that a lot of us who ride motorcycles forget. Chris, how many gallons of gas can you put in your J anus when it's empty? Two. Two gallons, right? Two gallons. So if you go up to that pump and that pump has three buttons on it, 87, 89, and 93, and you press the 93 button, how many gallons are already in the hose before you get into the tank? 1.8. Something? Well, it feels like it, right? So you're paying the big bucks. But you're only going to drink actually about a gallon of that gas because the hose holds a whole lot of gas. So you're only getting a gallon of the the fun stuff, the expensive stuff. Now, here's the other thing is the gas that's 93 octane may be pretty stale. Yeah, I was about to say, not a lot of people buy it. Not a lot of people are buying it these days. So uh, that is a tough thing. So unless you're going to put, they used to have a thing that said, unless you're going to put three gallons, four gallons in, don't bother with it because you're really only going to get a gallon of what you're paying for because the other gallons. I know some of the more modern, some of the more modern stations have a thing where it's mixing it. So like, I mean, it's only, it's only, they're called blender pumps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Called blender pumps. So your, your, your tank has the underground, there's a tank of 87, there's a tank of 93 or 91 or whatever. And then the blender is for the 89. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, when you're doing the 80, you're doing the 91 or 93, you're getting all of 93. But if the last guy that was getting gas in front of you got 87, well, at least a gallon of what you're getting is 87. So it pays to, if you know that your motorcycle has a high compression engine and you need to have high octane gas, it's best to hang around the gas station and wait to see a Porsche pull in or something fancy, somebody who you know who's using 93 octane. They fill up, and then you go in after them so that you know you're only buying two gallons of gas. At least both gallons are going to be high octane. I wasn't sure whether the guy ahead of me, though, pumped two ounces of seafoam in there. And ah, they didn't have a button Steve for that foam. on the pump. Steve foam. Steve foam. A little extra Steve foam. My, but, my theory was that since gas prices have gone up, yeah, that the, these tanks are sitting there for like six months. Yes, I agree. And so all that uh, sweating that they're doing with this this humidity and the temperature changes and everything is yeah. put water into these these tanks and so eventually or at this point mm-hmm. the ethanol is saturated and that's why when you I, i'd be afraid to pump premium now i completely appreciate that and he only had a problem after he pumped premium 
right? And I think we can pretty much say for as much as you ride that bike and have not had a problem, this is a fuel related problem, right? So that him switching to high, him putting high octane in his bike that time is clearly what fucked him over. I'm pretty sure that that, you know, leaf on motor or whatever it is. I was about to say, it doesn't want high octane. No, nah, it's not it's a high It's got to be a low motor. compression yeah, motor. Yeah, it's right? 10.4 to 1 yeah. tops maximum. It doesn't whatever. need it, certainly. No, it certainly doesn't need it. It's exactly it. So where are you at with the Janus? Did you, were you able to run that tank out and put yeah. some different stuff in? Yeah. Is it running better now? It or? is, yeah. As a matter of fact, Steve put some seafoam in it and ran it around uh, Lakewood and actually almost I immediately. that motherfucker. <laughs> no, but it, Good. it, it, ran, yeah. it, it ran a hell of a lot better. To so, do. Yeah, it was just fun. almost it was so fun to ride. I love that bike. It was just so fun. <clears> and it was very comfortable. It, it's like the essence of riding a motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I like about it. Yep. It's truly simple. Like it's it's absolutely simple. So we're we're talking about Benelli, you know, kind of kicking the shit out of the Honda no, Rebel we're 500. The Janus. We're talking about the Janus. <laughs> we can still talk about the Janus. It's fine. It doesn't it doesn't stack up against the Benelli, but but the other thing that so when I was riding the Benelli, what I kept thinking of was the Honda CB 500X, which I pulled up on the screen. What diameter are these forks? They're like they're giant. They're forty. They are ginormous. Right. They're ginormous. Forty-seven. Yeah. Wow. Okay. They're big. Okay. So what's crazy about this bike is. The bike that I immediately started comparing it to was the Honda CB500X. 41 millimeter front fork. Which I've ridden several of the CB500Xs. Well, the CB500X has got a single disc brake. It's got one disc brake, right? It's got regular traditional forks and they're kind of skinny, okay? The front end of this thing feels like it is planted magnetically to the planet. Like you cannot upset the front end of this motorcycle. You know that old Lorraine road coming up out past the golf course that has never been paved in the past 200 years? That road that is just garbage and it's a hard left, hard left, hard right, hard right. I stabbed this thing going up that road. That's how I test bikes is that fucking road. It's the worst road in Cleveland. Behind the hospital there? Drilled leaf, you know, these drilled rotors have to be at least 18 to 20 inches. They're gigantic. And two of them. Let's look how thick they are. They're thick. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, the brakes on this bike are absolutely, if you, if you don't think there's enough braking energy in this bike and they, they've dialed the ABS in, here's the other thing. Oh, you want to be an asshole? You want to be an animal? Turn off the ABS? Yes. One button press. Hmm. One button press, its own button says ABS on it. Press the button. You are now an asshole. Hmm. You can slide the back of the bike around anywhere you want to do it. Tell us something we didn't know. Bring it on, right? So the CB500X... Skinny forks feel like made up, feel like they're made of rubber, wobbly as fuck. And the CB500X, when I'm on that motorcycle, I can literally tell you that I feel like the bike was built by the lowest bidder. The CB500X feels <laughs> like it was built for somebody who weighs 120 pounds, and at 210 pounds, I'm overstressing it. Yeah, I don't this, like the way the, the yeah. forks feel like when you when you go into a turn yeah. with those and, and on the uh NC. ncs too yep, absolutely the forks feel like they bend they do no they totally i'm when i rail that bike through a corner the front end is changing directions on me when not without my permission and on this thing no dice man these front the front end and the brakes on this thing are legendary i love this bike rubber mounted tapered yeah. Yeah. handlebars yeah tapered one inch down to seven eighths pro taper bars there's nothing cheap about this motorcycle. And it's fully adjustable suspension, both front and rear, which neither of the Hondas can even mention because they don't. 
So it says I w- Benelli everywhere. Yeah, it does. They're, they're not they're they're not ashamed of their brand. So I've been riding this thing, just essentially trying to go out and be like, okay, I'm going to make this thing lose grip. Can't do it. Did it come with the spools on it? Yep, came with the spools on it. Came, and this is what's crazy too: is the Honda comes with the world's worst Kenda or the world's worst cheapest Bridgestone tires. This thing comes with Metzler Tourants. Bridgestone is not well. Bridgestone's a good tire. tire. Bridgestone is a good tire, except for the ones that get put on for the factory Honda bikes are made in China. And they're not up to the same standard as an aftermarket or a direct purchased Bridgestone tire. Um, when we did the, when we looked at that, uh, oh, what the hell was it? The, I'm gonna, I'm gonna conjure the name up here, but it was the Honda 700, the CTX. That thing came with Bridgestones on it, but they were stamped made in China. Right? So they were Bridgestones, but they were stamped made in China. And they didn't feel good. They they were all over the place. So one foot section of fuse chain didn't make it feel good either. That also didn't feel good either. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 sad that they do that because yeah. as as we've discussed many times in the podcast before, yeah. tires can completely change motorcycles. Absolutely, a bad set of tires right. can make you walk away from a bike that's actually a really good bike. It pissed me off for years that every time I'd buy a brand new Honda, it came with a set of Kendas on it. Yeah, and like the whole thing with Japanese manufacturers was like, you're going to take it home and you're going to put different seat on it. You're going to put different springs on it. You're going to put different brakes on it. You're going to put different brake lines on it. You're going to put different tires on it. Well, did you just sell me a bike or did you sell me a kit? Right. Because if I got to put those five things on this bike to make it good, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. You know? All right. So I'm going to check you. Yeah. We're complaining about tires made in China, but yeah. where's this bike made? So this bike is QJ. This is made in China. Absolutely. Uh, and that, you know, you don't really have to be ashamed of that, though, as, as much as you used to be able, you know, because right. a lot of people are making their bikes in China. A lot of people like BMW. And, and Harley Davidson. Harley, you know, pieces, but Harley Davidson's making them in India. Well, was. well, I'm glad that you mentioned that. And other people are making lots of parts of their bikes that we didn't even know they were making. Yeah. So this right now is something that I've been doing an accidental deep dive on for about the past week and a half. And I wish I could have that week and a half of my life back, please. Uh, because I did some looking around at Harley Davidson in particular because they've had a rough time. I mean, Harley's been having a, a, a tough time this year. And with COVID and everything else, the numbers have been troublesome from Harley. It's just, there's been a lot of trouble for that brand. Except that, for the Pan America. Well, the Pan America is, I'm glad they can hang their hat on that. Because mm-hmm. that's a, I'm glad that they can do that. Because it's sold out in America, North America right now. Yeah. And how many, how many did they sell? Well, no, they're, no, they're the number one, well, Okay. Well, uh, whatever <laughs> the the answer is, n plus one, right? right. Yeah. So yeah, but they're the number. The, right. I, th- I thought about this statement for a minute the other day. I read they're the number one North American uh, manufacturer of adventure bikes. And I was like, interesting. But then you think about it. What other nobody else? Is. <laughs> yeah, nobody else. Is yeah, Japanese let me, let, or let me European. show you the Indian. <laughs> I tell my adventure wife, bike. I tell yeah. my wife all the time, "You're the best wife I have." <laughs> yeah. Well, that came from the CEO of Harley too. Yeah. Also so. true. So. And that's one of those things. Do you remember when Harley Davidson said that they were the number one selling electric motorcycle in the world? Yeah. Go back and read that statement. It says the number one motorcycle, electric motorcycle model. Yeah, because Zero's got 11 different bikes. Uh, Harley Davidson has one. Yeah, right. So if you show up with one thing 
every you one of those you sell. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, how? But but every model that Zero has had to do more than Harley, right? Like, I mean, like. I understand see, the question. I've yet to see an actual live wire. I've seen zeros. More right, than, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. Zeros. yeah. So we, you know, just for fun, if we if we do want to talk about just a couple of numbers, just to kind of be aware of numbers, would anyone like to guess, just for fun, how many motorcycles Harley Davidson sold last year? Nine. Total. I'm sorry, not sold. Produced. Produced oh. in the name of Harley Davidson. How many Harley Davidson motorcycles were produced? Eighty-five thousand. Okay. Anyone guess. else? You already told me, so I'm not answering. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I have. Yeah, right. John, I have no idea. Come All right. On. One million motorcycles. Well, so the funny thing is, depending on where you look, you'll get a lot of different numbers, <laughs> and that's what's really annoying. So uh, Harley Davidson apparently is doing a little bit of. Oh, okay. So, uh, but it does look like their numbers have gone down quite a bit. So they've sort of, they've sort of slipped down into the one hundred and sixty to one hundred and seventy thousand bikes range. So Harley Davidson is producing about one hundred and seventy thousand motorcycles. Is that worldwide or just U.S.? No, that's worldwide. Oh, would okay. you have that stand on Indian? What's that? I'm how sure many, I could find it. I would. I'm interested in how many bikes uh, Indian sold. I can. I can tell that. Yeah. And I'm not looking for sold. I'm looking for I made, mean, produced. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And, you wonder if you looked at uh, a chart over the years if those two uh, Harley's uh, production mm-hmm. line and Indian's production line are uh, on an intersection. You know, on a course. Yeah. That's a that's a very good thing. Uh, so it looks like Indian uh, twenty thousand. Okay, I'm sorry. They, I literally, they literally just threw some, some screwy numbers at me. I got all excited. They threw a number out that said fifty thousand. I was like, great. And they was like, oh no, that was that was in, and that was in uh, 1920. Oh, <laughs> so oops. The uh, so it turns out that's that's not that's not completely accurate. Uh, give me a second. I'll tell you. And it looks like. By our 1929. That's the thing is like, oh, okay, we got a problem. That's yeah. They sold more in 1929 than they sold this year. They might have. They they really they might have done that. That's true. The uh, so let me see what they what their production numbers are. But here's what I thought was really interesting: uh, that all of these numbers for all of these companies, these numbers that were very very you know were, were kind of. You know, we're kind of familiar with these numbers and these numbers that are all around 200,000 or 100,000 and everything else. Um, that that's, that's pretty cool and all. But the Chinese numbers are astronomical. I mean, just fucking crazy. The numbers are hard to, hard to grasp. So it looks like uh, total, Harley, total Indian production for this last year uh, that that they're willing to admit to would be 2019, and it looks like they're saying, looks like they're saying about eighty three thousand, so about eighty three thousand. So, so half, about half a half, right? I'm impressed. So about half. Yeah. I am too. And Harley Davidson has a lot of different models. Okay, uh, so here's the here's the interesting thing. Anybody familiar with a motorcycle company called KTM? Mm-hmm. Right. They're KTM, right? And KTM is not a company that's been known and been kicking around for a long time as being like a major manufacturer. 
No, in Europe, they're pretty much a standard. Though. Yeah, well, you know, KTM almost fucking went out of business in 2007, mm-hmm. right? They were in financial horrible shape, okay? KTM last year sold 30,000 more motorcycles than Harley-Davidson. <laughs> wow. Good for them. Holy shit. Well, they make, you know, the Duke and all the all the adventure bikes. Yeah. And- They're talking about worldwide production of 261,454 motorcycles wow. versus Milwaukee's claimed 228,051, 22.8. And that's another thing. I was playing these numbers, and the numbers are real squishy because you said this earlier about, like, how many motorcycles did Harley-Davidson make? Right. And then we're like, oh, shit. It turns out there's made in America, there's made in India, and there's made in China. Right. Okay. Well, that's really weird, too. But here's the trick, though. Even though KTM sold 30%, I'm sorry, 30,000 more units than Harley-Davidson, Harley-Davidson tripled KTM's revenue numbers. Three times as much money. Hmm. That's black t-shirts. Oh, yeah. That's exhaust systems. That's lifestyle items. And that's exactly what it is. So that's what's crazy. So the new Chinese KTM facility that, they, that they've opened in 2020, that's been open now for two years and producing KTMs, currently builds 50,000 KTMs a year hmm. in their one factory in China. They're on, they're on course to do 100,000 units out of that one factory in China, part of CF Moto. Right. Um, that's 2022 numbers. So that's incredible. So if you want to know what did KTM, what did going to China do for KTM? It fucking made them bigger than Harley Davidson. You were, you were, you know, yeah. this whole Harley talk has me thinking. It's like you know how a lot of bikes are moving to fobs. Yeah, it's like you have yeah. the fob, you yeah. leave it in your pocket, and the bike sure. works, right? Yeah. Harley should just make a T-shirt the fob. Yes, because have you ever seen yeah. a guy in a Harley that doesn't have a Harley? No, shirt they all on? have Harley T-shirts. Yeah, on. so just yeah, make the T-shirt exactly like it. an electronic thing, and so when you wear your T-shirt, it's your key. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Would you like to guess, just for fun, America, land of the free, home of the brave, right. how many motorcycles we bought in America, total number of units sold in 2019? 19. 19. Uh, is this all new or just in general? Just purchased. Motorcycles purchased. So used ones count? I don't give a fuck, dude. My stat, my stat says murder, motorcycles purchased. 675,000. Okay. It's what seven. 675,000. It's 780,000. Wow. Okay, seven hundred and eighty thousand motorcycles. Okay, do you know how many? Do you know how many were registered new in Europe? I don't know. They they do their numbers a little differently than I we just do. Thought about how many seventy five thousand a month. Yeah, yeah. I was just thought about how many Steve bought out of that six hundred seventy five. All of them, but in Europe it was eight hundred eighty three thousand. Wow. So Europe, wow. Europe is beating us yeah. on total motorcycle sales. Right. Wow. We're both under. We're both under a million, right? So they have this thing called the ASEAN. You're you're familiar with what the ASEAN group is, the pack? So it's Brunei, Cambodia, Indonesia, Laos, Malaysia, Myanmar, the Philippines, Singapore, Thailand, and Vietnam. None of those are Japan. None of those are Taiwan. None of those are China, right? It's just those 10 states. Would you like to know how many motorcycles they bought last year? Like a billion. 1.2 million. Yeah. 10.8 million. Jesus. Over God. 10 times. <laughs> over 10 times more than we bought. But, but And more than what Europe bought. But every 10 of those bikes is one American bike because they're all like 100 cc's probably. 
Honda Honda Super Cubs count here too. Okay. Yep. Yeah. That I bike's mean, a bike. Is there a win- like? Could you ever make money like scooping up like? There's got to be a glut of used like little those little shitty bikes where like you could just buy them by the bale. Sure, by the bale, right? And somehow it seems bring, like it. Bring them here by the shipping container. Peel, Absolutely. Peel them Send them over to the. Sell them for a hundred bucks a piece. Take two for three hundred if you or you know I'm you know what I mean like this. <laughs> that's a deal. Well, hundred bucks a piece no, or two, two for, for three. three. <laughs> yeah. So Tyler so runs your money right. at the company. Wait, <laughs> buy them by the ton. <laughs> yeah, like, buy them on a pallet. Here, right. You know, buy yeah. buy nine get one free or buy, <laughs> buy two get ten free. That's fifth. I mean, that's that's so many. Ten point eight million is so fucking many. It's over ten times what America does. I just it's over an ten times. Lesson: Don't right. go into business with John. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, was, okay, so I made a mistake. Thank okay, you, Okay. <coughs> Do you know how big Taiwan is? How many square feet in an acre? A lot. Forty-three thousand six hundred fifty. Well, how big is Taiwan? Does anybody know how big Taiwan is? Big as Texas. Probably yeah, I don't know. The size of Ohio. Right? So Taiwan is, is Overland. Taiwan is thirteen thousand nine hundred square miles. Okay. Ohio. It's not that big. Hmm. Right? So what people realize is that Taiwan is it's not that big. It's bigger than Maryland. Oh. But not by much. Hmm. So Taiwan is not really fucking big. Taiwan did a million bikes. Jeez. So Taiwan, the size of Maryland, did way more bikes than America did and way more bikes than Europe did. But I'm going to assume that they're doing no cars or a lot less cars. I, I, I'm, we're not talking about cars. Well, I'm just saying, that's yeah. their modus operandi. Sure. That's what they ride. Yeah. That's, what they, that's how they get around. That's how they get around. Wouldn't it be right? modus operandi? <laughs> so we just said, we just said that in all of the United States, 780,000 motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Steve Hoffert. Yes, sir. How many motorcycles do you think Sim, your buddies, SYM. I love Sim. How many motorcycles do you think Sim makes per year? I'll say 450,000. 396,000. Remarkably close. Harley Davidson would kill to have SYM's numbers. Hmm. They would kill to have those numbers. Kimco. They would kill to have the reliability too. Well, Kimco, <laughs> Kimco did over, yeah, Kimco did over 350,000 as well. Wow. These are two companies, two companies doing half of what the entire country of America buys, right? Each. Each, each of them is doing half of what we buy in America. And people have never heard of SYM. People have never heard of Kimco. But it's every single bike sold in America. It's every single bike made in Europe. Like that kind of thing. The numbers they're doing, they're doing half with just one company. It's fucking incredible. But do those include the BMWs that they're cranking out of? Ah, that's a good one too, because mm-hmm. we'll talk about that for a second. Okay, India. Oh, I can't even imagine. Fucking India. Remember, America does three quarters of a million. America does three quarters of a million. It's got to be like 10 million or something. 15 million. Jesus. And that's their worst year. (laughs) It's their worst year in like five years, right? Um, In 19, in 2019, they did 21 million bikes. Let me ask you this. Now, in America, I would say even people like Steve or myself or you or anybody that, you know, moves bikes through their stable quite often... Yeah. I usually have about a three-year period with a bike, maybe right. two. Yeah. In in those places that are doing fifteen million, what is the lifespan of a bike? I don't know. 
But imagine like if you lived on a street that had a hundred houses on your street. Right. Imagine if every house had three scooters in it or three motorcycles right, right. in it. Yeah, it's three hundred. Right Whereas there. my street, there's three houses that have you know, my house has like forty motorcycles. Right. right? right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's what's crazy because in India, people overlook India, but India had twenty one million bikes sold. But then, is it a factor of they have a billion people too? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. they have more people, so... Right. But, but it's I a bike-centric culture. Exactly. Yeah. It's right. a bike-centric I mean, culture, the but there's also a lot of poor are... people in India that can't afford a bread basket. But see, but there's so many right. variables to this, right. because, like, like you know, what is the percentage of recreational riding versus transportation riding compared to somewhere like Well, India? I think that what I'm talking about is, if your name is Harley-Davidson, yeah. and your, des- your goal is to sell as many motorcycles as you can, mm. do you go to India? I mean, <laughs> you know... You go to Malaysia. You Do you go, go to, to India? Because in India, they sell literally 31 times more motorcycles than they do in America. Harley's? What? Motorcycles. So if you're Harley Davidson, do you figure out a way to sell a bike in India? I mean, it'd be smart to. You'd be a dipshit if you didn't. Right. Because in all of goddamn America, in all of America, there's only 780,000 motorcycles sold. And as we know, based on Harley Davidson's production numbers... Their whole factory is only 160, 180,000 bikes. And, and realistically, yeah. what do you care if you're Harley Davidson and over in India, there's something running around that's a 125cc two stroke that has your name on that it that says Harley Davidson on it. There and you, you go. just sold th- 3 million of them. Yeah, you Bingo. don't. You don't. Right. And they're not available here. Who, nobody even knows nobody that gives a that's shit. happening. And you're selling leather t shirts and, and hats and shit to go <laughs> along with those too, right? Skin t shirts. Okay. Next question China. Oh, geez. All right, so India is 15 million, you said? 15 million with a top of 21 million. So China's got to be 25. It's not. It's actually 17 million. So when okay. India ripped off that number of 21 million, China came up with 17 million. Oh, Turns wow. out China's getting wealthier and less people are riding motorcycles. Huh. Isn't that weird? Yeah. So that's the thing. Well, you can talk about that on your own, but that's crazy. So this is a big thing because why are we talking about this? Because KTM's production has swung to vastly majority China. And Harley Davidson, if we look up on the big screen, QJ, which we know QJ is the people that do this Benelli that's sitting in front of us. We knew we'd circle back to the Benelli sooner or later. So QJ is Benelli. QJ bought Benelli a long, long time ago, okay, in the, in the early 2000s. Long, long time ago. Right. So what happened is Harley Davidson and QJ have made an agreement. Oh. And Harley Davidson and QJ have decided... Wouldn't it be great if we could build motorcycles and both make a lot of fucking money? And it's true. What they've done is the QJ and Harley Davidson have announced a plan establishing a joint venture with each other. And they've already got prototype bikes and everything else out there. So we're going to have pictures of that shit too. They're going to do two bikes, a 338cc and a 500cc. Hmm. If you'd like to know what the 500cc is going to look like. Look at the Benelli. There you go. All right. And if you'd like to know what the 350 is going to look like. Benelli 302. All right. So that's what they're doing. We've lo- I've looked at some pictures of them. I'm going to bring a couple of pictures up real quick. But anyway, the reason this is important, okay, is that Harley Davidson is looking at this as entering this market. Just this market is going to be much bigger than their U.S. market alone, mm-hmm. right? And they're going to have a Harley, da- a motorcycle that, like John said, it's going to have the word Harley Davidson on it. And it's going to be a 350cc or it's going to be a 500cc. And I'm going to venture that they're going to sell the meddler of living piss out of these things to Chinese people that are now 
fortunately um, have enough money in their pocket to buy a Harley Davidson for the first time in their lives. It's crazy. Um, they're producing 20 million bikes per year. Not Harley Davidson, all of China mm. is producing. So they're producing ridiculous numbers of bikes. And car ownership and motorcycle ownership is going up so fast in China, there's nowhere to park them. So they're starting to have restrictions in urban areas that say you can only have motorcycles. But, only two and, wheels. but most of that is for domestic consumption too. That's yep. not what they're exporting. That's I mean, right. Most of them never leave. Well, here's the weird thing. <laughs> it's, it's a really weird thing. Uh, QJ started back in 1985 and uh, they got Benelli in you know 2005. But... Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about that. A, all you fetishists, the uh, get back whip. So, you know, one of the major stakeholders of QJ is Geely. And Geely straight up owns Volvo. Yeah. Geely straight up owns Lotus. Yeah, they're a huge company. Geely's right? a massive company. Yeah. Right, they're a huge, huge company. And so, like, Volvo is Pentastar. Volvo is trucks like you've millions of trucks like there's a lot of stuff that that geely owns right to say to say the minimum uh and they spent 17 million dollars way back in 2016 to to buy 30 percent of qj so good deal for them that's a really smart thing because now they own harley davidson in china so super smart Super cool. Uh, so that's a, that's kind of a neat thing. I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I think that's just freaking cool. I, I dig it. And there's, you know, every day some new kind of fucking, uh, some new motorcycle magazine spots another, uh, another Harley Davidson in China and uh, posts up pictures of it that you can barely see and shit like that. But it's obviously, it's a big fucking news story because people like to talk about Harley-Davidson in particular. So it's a funny thing that um, there's a picture of that. That's the 500 right there. So this is the, uh, this actually looks like it's together. I don't think this is an artist's representation. This doesn't look like a, a vaporware. This looks like it might actually be a motorcycle. So kind of curious about that, but that's, that's a motorcycle that does look like a 500 CC motorcycle. So doesn't look at anything at all. Like what did they call that one? The, uh, the 500 and the, Oh, the street street. Yeah. yeah. The street 500, the street 750. It doesn't no, it look has like Benelli that. elements to it. The yes, it definitely does. A few other things all Absolutely. look like Benelli. They look stuff. Benelli. Yeah. yeah. So there's a thing. So like peanut tank. Kind it of. does have a weird peanut tank. Um, the original it's been whipped with the Harley Davidson dick. It has definitely had, it's got some Harley spooge on it for sure. But I thought that was pretty funny. The, uh, God, you know, have fun with that thing. You don't but, know where that's been. So that's kind of an interesting thing, talking about Chinese bikes. It is impossible. And I mean, I have ripped through so much horse shit about, you know, if you're buying a BMW, if you're buying a BMW that's less than a thousand cc's, you're buying a Chinese bike. The difference is all about, is it complete knockdown or is it not? You know, like how much of it is what it is. And that's what it comes down to is building something in China is like, okay, we're going to build it in China, but we're going to put it together in Thailand. And how much does the current law say that we have to put it together in Thailand to be able to say that the VIN is now a Thailand VIN? Is it 80%? Is it 20%? What's the law? Because all of these companies are doing that. And Zhongshen builds 
more motors for more fucking products that you buy and and motorcycles that you will put the that country's patch on your jacket mm-hmm. and be like my motorcycle is from Italy. It was assembled there. Yeah. Where's the motor come from? Zongshan. Yeah, China. I just wondered if you know what that number is for the United States. What do you mean? Like the what percentage of the vehicle has to be assembled in the United States? I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is Vento, Chinese company that sold Chinese scooters, had an incredibly proud marketing campaign that said Vento was made in America. And what was, was they were 80% completed. So they were only 20%. You had to put the wheels on them. I think it was just putting the wheels on them. So it was like putting the wheels on them and putting like a fender on. Right. And they were doing that in Mexico. You would do more to to prep bikes here. Oh, way more than that, depending on the bike. But like they were putting wheels on and putting a fender on in Mexico and being able to put a big American flag on the bike and saying made in America. Wow. And they were getting away with it. Like they did it. They did it for years in 2006. Vento completely owned that shit. I'm going to say this, that I think Janice has the most content on their bike made in America more than anybody who's out there. Well, I think that Janice also, if you have if you have seven ounces of items on your bike that are made by the Amish, that's equal to 70 pounds of anything made by anybody else. Right, but they can also still do that. It's because it's hyper-American. Well, and how many yeah. bikes did they sell last year? A hundred? Like, I have that, no idea. If yeah. that, yeah. If yeah. that but, but, but each of the bikes yeah. has a higher percentage yeah. of all the, all the fenders, Yep. Well, Tank. But, but that's a couture bike. It's like you know, what I'm saying it's a, it's basically define couture, couture. You know, like fucking fashion, bespoke. like handmade. Yeah, it's bespoke. like built for you. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna order your bike, and they're gonna build it for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the that's how paint they... is made in America. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right, 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 right. Yep. Oh, it's exactly. cool. I mean, I'm not the hats that, that you get are made the hats in are made in America. <laughs> I don't think the tail light is. Our Moto Guzzi scarves are made in Germany. That's how alternative we are. Yeah. Yeah. Our Moto Guzzi scarves and hats are made in Germany. Take that, China. <laughs> That's why they're so good. We're going around you backwards on the hats and scarves, man. Yeah, we're going to the Germans. The Germans. The Germans. The Janus. So here's the weird thing. So I'm ripping around and I'm putting a video together. We're going to post up on the YouTubes about my little, uh, you know, my romp with uh, Benelli here. And I know I'm ripping, I'm going down the street and I'm looking down the speedometer. And the speedometer is like 106, 107. Your, your romp with Benelope. Yeah, Benelope and I, Benelope and I have, a, we, we got a, we got an understanding. Got a thing. So, yeah, we got a thing going, going on. on. Oh, yeah, try we to do. Mount the fender. You got to make the front fender a high fender and see how that looks. Oh, well. That look kind of cool. Benelope and I doing this 106, 108 miles an hour, captured on video, the whole deal. And I'm like, man, I know a thing or two about going fast. I ain't going 108. Yeah. It's there. My butt didn't pucker at all, and it wasn't the Roman twist. Yeah, no, right? they're, they're, they, even my little uh, 135, it likes to tell me I'm doing 75 when I think I'm doing 65. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if many people know about this. So we're going to talk about the, the fucking dirty secret of motorcycles in America. Mm-hmm. This goes back a while. So it turns out there are very few motorcycle companies and damn few motorcycle models in America that have accurate speedometers. Mm-hmm. Most of these speedometers are fucking wildly out of control. And usually, I mean, I guess it's for the sake of everybody's tickets, but they're usually 10 or plus over. Like, you're you're not going to find one that's usually under. So is my 62 on the Janus really 52? Probably, yeah. (laughs) Or 35. (laughs) One of those two numbers. Yeah. 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 You're lucky. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
So it turns out that we made a problem. We created our own problem in America. And that is a while ago, meaning a long time ago. Long, long time ago. Yeah. Our, our NHTSA. Musical interludes. What I like to call NHTSA. Johnny Mac. NHTSA had made a law, and it said, you European motorcycle manufacturers, back in the 60s, when it was like good motorcycles came from America, and those weirdo cheap German and weirdo cheap English bikes and those weirdo cheap yeah. French bikes and Spanish bikes, these speedometers were coming in and they were just all out of craziness, right? Mm. They were metric speedometers that had American like miles per hour numbers like just printed on the gauges, right? <laughs> and so there were federal motor vehicle safety standards that were established that said that motorcycle speedometers were allowed to have a certain amount of speedometer error, okay? And somebody had to come up with a number. And that number turned out to be the thing that ended up hanging everybody. So speedometers were originally manufactured to a 10% Mm -hmm. variable. It seems like they still are. Right. So it turns out that... A lot, there is this anecdotal evidence that people say that manufacturers are allowed to manufacture speedometers with an error of up to 5%. 5%. And I've heard that from many different, I mean, absolutely many different sources. Okay. And hearing that 5% was the law, it's not. Do some research, look it up. Speedos may have a discrepancy up to 10% of the true speed. Wait a second. Hold on. Do you think that a company like Honda would be able to go, I'm sorry, did you just tell me I was allowed to have a speedometer? It was 10% off? Mm -hmm. Well, then every speedometer is going to be 10% off from now until the end of time because somebody would be much happier driving a 100-mile-per-hour motorcycle than a 90-mile-per-hour motorcycle. Mm -hmm. And this has been my thing of working here at this shop. The buddy scooters, when they came out, we came up with a whole thing that said a a buddy scooter didn't go 60 miles an hour. It went 60 buddy distance units. (laughs) Like there was no way to figure out what actual speed you were going on a buddy scooter. When it said you were going 70, you're like, I was going 70 on the way here. And I'm like, yeah, you weren't. Nah. With a buddy, anything. Nah, 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 nah. You get to a point, and it's like it's either it either went safe or scary, right? Like, if you're doing up around the top end of a buddy, it can get pretty scary with the yes, it tires. can, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And so, this is this thing about this permissible speedometer error. And if you don't think that any company in the world, okay. Any company in the world can't play into that. And so the, the actual law, according to NHTSA, we pulled it up, is 10% plus or minus 2.4 miles per hour. So if your speed that you're actually going is 50 miles per hour, your speedometer is legally allowed to read 57.4 miles per hour. Legally. And that is deemed to be a functioning speedometer. Well, holy shit. Holy shit. 
Yeah, now, it does say that the displayed speed must never be less than the actual speed. Right. So you know every manufacturer that can build a goddamn speedometer yep. is building it to allow for a 10% error. And almost every one, now that phones have GPS yes. units on them, yeah. every bike that I own, except for my old Suzuki's from the 80s, yep. every other bike that I have is ten exactly 10 miles an hour off, mm-hmm. almost always. Yep. The Yamaha. The Yamaha's 10 miles an hour off at anything over 65. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not 10 miles an hour off at 10 miles an hour. No, it's 10 miles an hour for at 60. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. 10%. I can tell you that just about every motorcycle I test mm-hmm. is off by 10% mm-hmm. at 60. Yeah. You know, 66 is 60. Yeah. And I was very shocked when we had the Kimco Spade that we took the Kimco Spade out and we tested it and it's 60 miles an hour indicated it was 60 miles an hour DOB man wow. dead on balls accurate yeah and it was kind of surprising that it was that accurate okay so now we've, we've talked about that right and we've acknowledged that so many motorcycles these days are fucking lying to you mm-hmm. sure yeah, you bet your ass they are I think all of them are yeah. right and it's probably because they're allowed to mm-hmm You've, you've set you've set up a law that says you're allowed to have this and it turns out you know if you tell a manufacturer I want less I want 10% of these items to be not broken or broken right. I'll allow 10, 10% to be broken well then they'll break 10% of them hand them to you and be like those are the broken ones you ordered yeah. right so here's what's fucking hilarious it turns out that if you give nerds enough time how do you fix the speedometer being inaccurate on your Yamaha they would have a healer. Right. Yeah. Explain to the people what that is. Like a chip, a microchip that you plug in somewhere in between. Or, I mean, I don't know what a mechanical one would be. The only ones I knew about were like a little little box that's basically like a little circuit board. Right. that Exactly. A speedo healer. Yeah. And you buy a speedo healer and you put it in line before your ECU or after your ECU mm-hmm. or between the ECU and your speedometer right. and it adjusts a given amount. Right. For cars, cool. people use them too. When you like, yeah. if you have a jacked up truck and you yeah. put big wheels, big on wheels it, on it, then you got to yeah. you, you know, can fix it. Yeah, right. So that's one way that you can you can heal a speedometer. Right. With Vespas or motorcycles that have ABS and the speedometer runs on the tone ring. So there's a ring around the wheel that has these little slots in it. Yeah. There's all these slots, 180, 300 slots, whatever. Each slot is like a degree on the wheel. And companies have figured out, oh, okay, well, if we make the slots bigger or smaller, we can correct the speedometer error. So SIP for the for the Vespa scooters, they've made these modified tone rings that take away the faulty speedo and allow the bike to be correct oh, wow. by just a $50 part. You know, Next time you change your tire, take off the tone ring on the back wheel, the ABS sensor thing, throw it away, put the German one on for 50 bucks. Speedo's yeah, deadly accurate. Wow. Fucking cool, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what, this bike. Guess what they did with this bike? Huh. They fixed it. Oh, really? In the bike. Oh, you don't need to buy a Speedo healer. Wow, good job. So it turns out, if you read the screen, if you get one of these beer Benelli's and you press the two buttons on the speedometer, press them, right? This is like resetting your Timex watch from 1983. <laughs> so if you re- if you press the two buttons on the speedometer and then turn the key on, this thing will go into a setup mode where you can actually enter in the run out of the tires, the run out of the front tire. Huh. 
and you can make the speedometer as deadly accurate as you want it to be. It's like programming your walking meter, you know, like you your pedometer. To, you have to measure your gait. Yep. And then you, you put that in. And, it'll and if you're a guy like me and you've like, I have a lot of bicycles and bicycle computers, mm-hmm. they would have you measure out the run out of yeah. your front tire and then punch that number into the cycle computer, and then you could make your cycle computer very accurate. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing on this. And fortunately, people on the internet who should be fucking canonized as saints have posted up here for the public how to do it. Just a a quick little note. Yep. I put a Schwinn uh, speedometer on my Lake Erie loop bike. Oh, yeah. Just because I wanted to have a good, accurate thing. And all it entails was putting the little box up there and a little wire that runs down. Yeah, a little magnet. And you glue a epoxy and yeah. magnet to your rim. Oh, yeah. Thing. It worked great up to 88 miles an hour. Uh, mine works on my Lambretta. I've got a vintage Lambretta with a big board, with a big motor in it. And so this bike will run out 80 miles an hour. But the original factory gear-driven cable thing left the building a long time ago. <laughs> and it turns out that the cycle gear, you know, $40 speedometer for bicycles, it'll let you do dimensions small enough to be like a 10-inch kid's bicycle wheel. Sure. Which is perfect for these vintage bikes. And I punched the numbers in. I did the run out, punched the numbers in. Fucking Dead on balls accurate, man. So cool. But this is what's great. is So this motorcycle, you don't have to buy a Speedo healer. You don't have to buy all that crap to put on this bike to make the speedometer accurate. It turns out, as long as you read this thing and you do what it tells you to do, you can fix the speedometer error yourself. You don't need any special tools. You literally punch in the numbers he tells you to punch in because he's done all the math and the measurements. And you can do it on a 17-inch wheel. And you can also do it on the 19-inch wheel. And it'll make the bike perfectly fucking accurate. So that, I thought, was awesome that you can make that work. And it's cool that somebody figured that out and put it up there for all of us to benefit and, and enjoy. Then, what's the fun of that? Because then on the way to work in the morning, you're going to find out that everybody's not moving at 90. Exactly. Well, you know, when I'm shooting the video the other day and I'm like ripping it, I'm like 91, 92, 93, 94. I was like, those cars should be getting a lot bigger real fast. <laughs> and they weren't. So I was like, oh, I don't think the average traffic on I-90 is going 85 miles an hour at 6 p.m. or 9 p.m. or right. whatever. So, yeah. Who will give me 90? Who will give me 90? Who will give me 90? Yeah, exactly. I got 9 to 1. Who will give me 92? Now, listen. Here, dick skin. Um, So I was very fucking very impressed by that. That that was super fucking cool. Um, So you got that thing, right? So what you got, Steve? What what you got? This. So do you know what that is? Anybody know what that is? Yeah, it's a get back. It's a get back whip. Yep. It's get back whip, right? So if you're a get back whip, so how this works is, you want to hand that over here? Thank you. So it's got this little piece of uh, geniusness from a horse halter up there and what you do is you put this thing on the end of your uh, your brake lever right now you usually do it on your left hand right uh, you do it on your left hand because the left hand is the hand that's only there for the clutching business right yeah because you don't want that to get stuck on something and mash your front and these come clothes. in various different lengths for how long you are how big your motorcycle well, the guy is on the dgr ride with this yeah. his both were dragging and i thought that was fucking crazy okay well any yeah that's fucking crazy all right because this is pretty stout yeah and if you get this tied up in your front spokies folks yeah, you're, not you're going down buddy yeah. so how this thing works is you put this over your brake lever and then you just kind of give it a quick hit and when you give it a quick hit this little gate opens up now this is just an animal husbandry husbandry product mm-hmm. there's nothing strange or weird about this this is available in any farm and fleet for like four bucks mm-hmm. right it's this whole leather braided business right here and this is where you get into the true disco queen of montana shit <laughs> so the idea is you're supposed to have this on your bar and when somebody in a car or a dog 
gets up too close to you, you can snatch this off, okay? And then take this part down here that has the part with the tassels, because you're Oso Camaro. And this one has a skull. Yeah, I saw that. It has a skull. So that's one prison dick in your ass. Uh, (laughs) You grab it on this part, and then this big thing at the end becomes the the point of impact. And then you're supposed to assault the car next to you with this. At which point you've shown the car operator that you don't understand physics. (laughs) Because I'm going to guarantee you that if anybody were to hit me in my car with this, I would tell the judge that I was so shocked by the sound of something hitting my vehicle, I instantly swerved out of instinct. I I clearly hit something. Mm -hmm. And I swerved in the interest of safety. Because if you try to hit my car with this, what I know is that you do not understand the use of force continuum. If somebody attacks you with a knife, you shoot him with a gun, right? right? And you're only a foot away. You're literally a foot away. (laughs) Would anyone like to guess what vehicle I purchased that this whip came in on? It had to be the fucking Harley with the flames back there. No? The Shadow? It's the Vespa Primavera with all no the flowers way. on it. No. Yes, the Vespa Primavera that's all covered in, uh, what do they call those? Uh, crazy daisies? Yeah. Uh, peace and love. Uh, Sugar magnolias or something? Uh, they're all the around. fucking, you know, the, 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 the crazy daisies from Laugh-In. Oh, like the yeah, whole bike yeah. is like a Laugh-In tribute bike, right? <laughs> and the whole bike is all done. It's the same guy that I bought my Super Cub from. It's the same oh. guy that I bought my, my Hunter Cub the from. cheesemonger. This, this guy's an Italian dude, and everything he buys, he just buys a bike and then just immediately like accessorizes it as a job, mm-hmm. and then when it finally has gotten to, not the cheesemonger, that's uh, Kurt Eprecht. Oh. This is the Italian guy. Kurt Eprecht is, I've also bought bikes off well, Kurt. The, doesn't the Italian guy own a company? No, the Italian guy, I don't know what he owns, but his name is uh, Nick Ventura. Great name. Fucking okay, great yeah. name. You know, Nick Ace. Ventura. Is that like- Is his nickname Ace? I don't care. <laughs> Fucking Nick Ventura is the coolest name ever. Yeah. But he's like, he's got a big beard. and He's pretty funny, but but he basically takes motorcycles that he likes and just accessorizes the piss out of them. Yeah. His son has the disease too. He came in on a Harley Davidson. He came in on a $20,000 Harley with $40,000 of the upgrades. <laughs> and so this was hanging out a fucking Vespa Primavera that has a cheeky seat seat cover on it and, and you know, crazy daisies and whatever, yeah. you know, bathroom appliques all over it. It is peace pot and microdot all over the place. But it had a get back whip on the fucking lever. Yeah. Like, oh, you're on your Vespa and you're going to reach out and touch the side of somebody's Ford Bronco Actually, with this fucking thing. I think that microaggression. Microaggression. <laughs> this is a bad idea. But I think right. it, it, it's almost appropriate for a Vespa compared to any other bike. I mean, like, I can, I, I like, honestly. What do we always say? If you call me a fag, I'm going to get off my bike and kill you. I'm going to hit you with my purse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'll beat you to death with my purse. Because riding a Vespa is. It's got a bowling ball in it. (laughs) (laughs) But this was on a Vespa Primavera. What the fuck, people? I mean, that's just crazy. High quality. That's insanity. It's just just fucking bullshit. It's crazy. (laughs) I I don't even want to get into it at this point. It's nuts. So that, I mean, that's just... uh, So I did want to say uh, our... Would anybody like to guess how many downloads we had last week? Hmm. 200 million. (laughs) 
Last week, we got over 5,000 downloads. Wow. Nice. Just a Buzzsprout. Not of all the other weird places, but yeah. just a Buzzsprout. Just, just looking at Buzzsprout, you got 5,000 in one week. Yeah. Like, I always watch the numbers, and we usually hover around 3,900, 4,500, or whatever. For some reason, whatever we did last week, people were like, I'm going to give these guys a listen. Yeah. yeah. Got to happen. Was, they knew Manscaped was back, so they, they had to download it. Who gets the American Motorcyclist magazine other than me? Um, all yeah, yeah all the, the antique one. I've just seen it online. It's I mean um all the yeah go ahead. I saw it. Well, so the this this yeah this 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 month's American Motorcyclist magazine is a celebration of Mid Ohio. It is, and it is a oh, celebration. It's the, but of it's like Mid-Ohio. our Mid Ohio. They celebrated our. I'm Mid-Ohio. so uh, look. I finally feel like either we have become the majority, yeah. in which case, oh, I'm sad, <laughs> or somebody decided, let's lean into this shit, yeah. right? Let's lean into this horrible, horrible, horrible idea. Well, you know what? I heard like that they really want to separate themselves from Barber, and Barber's going the opposite. Like They're, really, they're making it very clean and proper. Like oh. Camping's like really tight, and like you oh. can't get away with anything. What? Really? Yeah. Oh. oh all right. So. Didn't. Yeah. Didn't know about that. Right. That. That's news to me. Photos. Oh my God. We're working on it. So <laughs> it turns out we we've all talked about our buddy Nokomoto Pete, right? And just just his general just overall enthusiasm for killing himself at AMA Vintage Days because it was his first AMA Vintage Days. We featured it on Motor Stories. We have we the actual did. video. We have the there. video. We have the video. And by the way. I know that if you have a copy of the American Motorcyclist magazine, and if you look at that magazine, you go, huh, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. Too bad I don't have a video of that actually happening. Mm-hmm. Steve, tell the folks where they can find an actual video of Naked Man on Fire doing burnout. If you go over to YouTube and look up uh, Motor Stories with the Yankee Phil... And look up Mid-Ohio, just Motor Stories and Mid-Ohio. I'm sure you'll get a pretty nice video. With blurred parts, don't worry. You don't have to see any wieners. No, you don't. You're not being forced to look at a dick. No. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to, we're not going to force you at gunpoint. So, uh, I'm, I'm, you're not going to rickroll anybody. We're not going to rickroll anybody. <laughs> For that, you have to pay extra. Never going to show you, Dick. <laughs> now, our right. OnlyFans account. <laughs> right. That's going to be different. So, if we look up the screen, who do we see? We see the unicorn girls. Oh, fuck those girls. Fuck all four of them. Okay. So, like, this is... Not literally. I'm just... I will say, this is an opportunity. Never was I so happy to pay my AMA membership was when not one, because I accidentally overpaid my AMA membership, so I have two AMA memberships, where not one American Motorcyclist magazine, but two American Motorcyclist magazines arrived at my house, and on page 31 are the unicorn girls, wearing their all-matching Oakley sunglasses. They're not Oakleys. They're Chinese Oakleys, Chokleys, and they're unicorn helmets, and I'm looking at that going, God damn it. Oh, I miss being in AMA Vintage Days right now. Check those girls out, rocking their ska vans. They still have my blood on their fucking leg. Yeah, they do. Wrecking me. Look at that, right? So I was like, damn it. Because you couldn't keep up with them in the barrel races. I know, I know. Did they race all together? They did, yeah. And they beat you? They wrecked me. Of course they 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 did. They put them in the fucking weeds. Yeah. They showed them a weed. They rubbed your dick in the dirt. And the one in the back gave me the finger as I was crashing. (laughs) Right. She said, suck it, Steve. (laughs) Suck it. So bitch. how fucking how Take fucking that, cool bitch. 
<laughs> yeah. How cool is it for these girls, right, to be featured in the American Motorcyclist magazine right now, right? That's a fucking high water mark in your life. Good for you. Yeah. I like how the girl who's driving the bike. Her foot's right on the exhaust. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. The inside of those girls' thighs are all got to be just smoked. Yeah, I mean, that's just... But but the point is, here's what I can tell you. Those girls are the future of America. Oh, yeah. Right? Here's what I can tell you about those four girls. They can take a punch. Yep. Right? Those four girls are not going to take shit off of anybody. They are going to be right up in your fucking face for the rest of their lives. Nobody's going to fuck with them. I was pretty happy to see the unicorn girls, I got to say. Pretty neat. Made me feel good. And, you know, all the different stuff. I mean, literally, this magazine. I hope they keep it up, and it's going to be fun to watch them grow up. Yeah, yeah, it is going to be fun to watch them grow up. thing alive forever. So, this magazine, every single page in this magazine is amazing. Like, the American Motorcyclist Association membership, the quality of their magazine is fantastic. But this particular one really does give you the spirit of different ways that you can appreciate vintage days. And it just keeps getting better. Like everything about it is just fucking awesome. There's features on the racing. There's features on the swap meet. It's fucking cool. I mean, it's really, it's about the coolest thing until you get to page 45. (laughs) And then when you get to page 45, it all just fucking goes to shit. The whole thing just fucking falls apart and implodes on itself. Because in the top right corner, where you can't help but look, where your eye is naturally drawn because you're an American consumer, you see Nokomoto Pete naked as the day he was fucking born with his head on fire. (laughs) Thanks to me. Yes. And his everlasting firework, thanks to Willy Wonka's House of Everlasting Fireworks. Under the heading of... That motherfucker went for like seven minutes, dude. Under the heading of shenanigans. So in this one picture, and I, there's a lot going on in this picture. I mean, we'll have to be honest with you. That picture's a lot to grasp. Over his left shoulder is our friend Dan Hostick. Look, I pronounced it right that time, Dan. My hand is right in front of it because I was filming that right So you there. see the guy touching his nipple? Mm-hmm. That's my left hand. Oh, very nice. My right hand is holding the luggage rack on the bike. <laughs> All right? <laughs> That's how close I was to his dick. This luggage rack, these suitcases are all over. <laughs> That's not a luggage rack. That's I don't know why he's got suitcase. these. I don't know why he's got these two hacky sacks on the front of his bike. <laughs> the point is, they wrote an article about what's happening at AMA Vintage Days, and they included the Louvin Moto Corner. They in, they in, they literally included the Louisville Corner of of where where lungs go to die, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they did a beautiful job. I have to say, if you are not a member of AMA Vintage Days, go to somebody's house who is and steal the magazine. Or become a member and get the fucking membership and, and now get the magazine. Uh, this magazine did a great job of showing you what AMA Vintage Days is all about for people who didn't actually go. It's well done. Well done, guys. The other thing is, it's great to see one of our friends at the moment that he overcooked, uh, <laughs> overclocked his computer, and just at that point, there was no getting him back. Mm-mm. Yeah, full fucking send is exactly right. And, and he the, outkicked his coverage. Yes, they did. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> his brother was like, don't worry. 
everybody's going to be drunk. Nobody's going to remember this after this weekend. Right. Then we put out a video. AMA puts out a magazine. <laughs> well, this is the whole thing is like what happens. At, they actually say what happens at Mid-Ohio stays at Mid-Ohio. Like, no, no. You have a magazine article with a picture of him. Right. He'll never run for Congress. No. He can't be a teacher now. Right. This whole deal. Right. You can't say what happens at Mid-Ohio stays at Mid-Ohio when you're literally publishing it in a national magazine. Like if that was Vegas, it would have a dude banging a hooker. Yes. Like- <laughs> but here's the thing. Like. This what happens at Mid Ohio stays at Mid Ohio. Liza's podcast mm-hmm. talked about it. Yeah, we did. You published a video mm-hmm. that is now forever on and got YouTube. a lot of views too. Got a lot of views. Yeah. And and we talked about it in the podcast nonstop. Yeah, I'm sure Pete talked about it in his yep. podcast. Yep. I listened to Noco. Yep. They fucking covered it. Yep. Holy shit! What happens at Mid Ohio could be documented for the rest of time immemorial. Like like his kids are going to know about this shit long time from now. So well done, well done, Dan. Well done, full as they say, full fucking send. Yeah, you you totally goddamn earned it in every state. Of, I mean, you you earned the shit out of it, man. So I'm glad to say, I'm proud to say I was there. Mm-hmm. I'm proud to say that I did not join him. Mm-mm. I'm proud to say that I was witness to his majesty mm-hmm. and that he will live on shiny and chrome in Valhalla as a result of that shit. But man, I'm, I'm super duper happy that I, I was not, you I, know, you know, it is pretty I interesting. Get to it. I started looking back a little bit on uh, that weekend, you know? Yeah. And I thought to the part where I went over a giant cliff without brakes because I didn't know I didn't have brakes. Oh, yeah. And then he followed on a Vespa that murdered himself down the hill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we went back with other bikes, and I dumped, like, I mean, the fact that most of us are not dead is pretty pretty good. I'm thinking of that picture. You guys should start the Unicorn Boys. The Unicorn Boys. (laughs) Good idea. And just chase those kids around. Right. Yeah. 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 On a Bergman. Hey, do you guys remember last week or maybe two weeks ago when we talked about Michael Woods, the dude that called me and said he had excessive oil leaking out of his forks in his BMW? Yes. Yeah. Well, it turns out Patreon works. Uh, He said... Mike Woods said, thanks for picking up my question. I take some comfort that you two have seen the same thing on other modern BMWs. I have put a couple of cable ties around the fork legs to act as fork sliders, which is an old trick from road racing. And this seems to collect most of the grunge. And it does. It keeps most of the shit away from your fork seals. Mm -hmm. So simply having a couple of zip ties, they move up and down. Well, they move down and they'll catch that shit. They'll catch that crap. We were wondering what, how old was his bike, right? Right. We kind of, we weren't sure. Okay. He said he put a couple of cable ties around the fork legs to act as fork sliders and old trick from road racing. And this seems to collect most of the grunge. I think it's the amount not to break, not it's uh, the amount, not break dust that makes it look worse than it really is. Mm-hmm. To answer the peanut gallery's question, the bike is a brand new 2021 S1000 RR Sport. Oh shit. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. That's not going to have bad forks right he said it's the second one he's owned his first one was a 2018 he said he's been riding bikes for 35 years mostly in line fours from honda from mr honda it's my only form of transport i've never driven a car and as a result i do 50 to 60 miles a day and the high mileage in british winters mean that i buy a new bike every three years 
So don't wait, give me wait. a hard time. I'm not a squid. I do not wear leathers here. We call the, uh, I do not wear leathers here. We call them born again bikers. Finally, I noticed that Manscaped are now sponsoring F1's national podcast with the ex-world champ Damon Hill. That's I why guess, they dropped it. I guess some people will shill anything for money. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Pete. Yeah. If you're busting my balls about getting Manscaped as a sponsor, well, so does Damon Hill. So if I'm in the same category with Damon fucking Hill... Okay, so I'll take that. How winner does it get? Because if he's riding all winner with a thousand cc, he says English. So what is it? I mean, like it's English. It's just rain. They get snow every once in a while. Like a couple of years ago, they got proper fucking snowed on. Like they legit. Yeah, but let's think about this. A thousand. That's the like. That's a bad mofo bike. It is S one thousand RR is a bad fucking bike. Does it have a rain mode? Like oh yeah, it's got all the modes. (laughs) Does it have the modes? But I don't. I mean. But imagine it's your only bike. I mean, exactly. Like, he's in tune with that. Right. Thing. I mean, he's in like, tune with it. Yeah. That's like guys yeah. who used to really, I, I've known a couple of people that were into Honda Hurricanes back in yep. the day, the one CBR 1000. That's all they wanted to ride. And they yep. would put 80,000 miles on them because mm-hmm. it was but that, that all bike, the power you could ever want. It was never yeah. lacking, you know. Dude, the BMW has like what, 211 horsepower or some stupid I don't know. Shit. It's like, a lot. It's a fucking, it's insane. I mean, it's a, I would not want to ride that bike on shitty roads. That dude's got to be a pimp. I'm right, pretty, I'm pretty sure he got all of his aggression out at least the first year. Yeah, right. Yep. In the second and third year of ownership, so it has riding around like it's a normal bike. It yeah, has 205 yeah. horsepower. Yeah, there you go. And 83 foot pounds of torque, so it's the same as my ZX14R. Yeah, the same same thing. And uh, what I can tell you is, I would not want to ride that bike in the snow. No, but the same <laughs> the same designer yeah. that designed the GS. Did you ever see him? He looks like What's this. That? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I put that big windshield on that ZX14R. Big windshield, hilarious. It's not a big windshield. It's twice as high as the factory windshield. Double bubble. Yeah, it's 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 not. It's the zero gravity touring, so it's not an actual double bubble. It's just Uh, it's as tall as science will let it be. (laughs) Right. You figured that bike's the perfect touring bike too, because at idle in Top Gear, it's going eighty mile an hour. Oh yeah, it doesn't even have to give it the. Top Gear, that ZX1400R at 80 miles an hour in Top Gear, it's like 3,000 RPM. It might as well be a diesel. Yeah. And I, I, my, I've gotten it up to 165 miles per hour, so that's that's my top. I haven't gone any faster. But you know what's funny is like it is yeah. nice. My my Z900, yeah, um, that does 80 miles an hour at 3,500 right. RPM. So yeah. I'm still in eco mode. Yes, that's mine too. <laughs> yeah, because I got a Kawasaki. <laughs> yeah. It has that stupid eco light, yeah. <laughs> and the eco light comes on. For the dumbest reasons. Like, I've learned. I'm like, why is that eco light on? I'm kind of caning it right now. Well, it's under 5,500 RPM. Is that what it is? I think so. My shit, my eco light isn't on when I pull out of my driveway. Right. But then when I get on the road and I'm like getting to halfway through first gear, the eco light comes on. Yeah. And you, I know on the Versys, it comes on at weird moments too. That little triangle thing that says ECO. ECO, yeah. And I'm like, what are the stipulations for Kawasaki to be like, oh, you're being economical? Right. Because I know I've looked down and, and seen that when the front wheel was off the ground and seen the eco light and been like that's not economical yeah right i mean i'm saving well, tire the same. kawasaki likes to have all these acronyms because then they have like the k-tap or whatever there's k-trick like, k-taps the k-racks I'm, like, I'm looking it up thinking something's broke and here it's, no, it's kawasaki traction and, yeah. and uh, control yeah, whatever k-trax the, yeah, right yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. yeah and i'm like it's it's a tracks from k-tel <laughs> right, right. right i gotta wait eight weeks for my fucking tr- traction control <laughs> to get here because i taped an extra penny to the fucking form and i get eight more traction controls Right. Yeah. That's a Columbia Records and tape joke for anybody yeah. who's really old. 
<laughs> That's how that worked. Oh, do you remember yeah. that? You always, you'd always get the free ones. And then you not had pay. to tape a penny. Yeah. There was a spot on the form to tape an actual penny right. that you mailed through, and that got you like four more records. Right. But the funny part was, do you remember? And they didn't give a shit. They were sending you the records either way. They're, no, every month a record's going to show up if you didn't send the fucking thing back. Right. So you're like, wait a second. What do you mean I owe $14 for Bruce Springsteen Born to Run? Yeah. I'm an American. I have four copies of this already. <laughs> I didn't want it. Yeah. Yeah, I just that, remember that, that whole thing. You worked. know, sign up and you get 14 free CDs or whatever. Yeah. So everybody did that. Then yeah. you never paid. And of then course. And be sending collections for years. That's and- the exact thing. <laughs> there were more 14-year-olds that got a 400 credit score because of Columbia Records and Tapes. <laughs> but now they're trying to buy homes. Right. And then they're fucked. Yeah, exactly. But well, what happened? Got oh, I got CD 14 though. CDs yeah. back. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> the 66 Sputnik CD really held up. That's dude. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Nice reference. Plus you get the bonus King Crimson CD. Right. Love this F111 is why I'm yeah. living in a shack right now. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, I, I loved having, you know, back in the day when you actually rented DVDs and everything. And yeah. And I like lost one. Yeah. I'm like, ooh. And then I, they're like, get a, they're trying to sue me for 150 bucks. Yeah. And then my mom made me pay it. It was when I was in college. Oh. You know what's I'm fucked like, what up? The fuck? I'm like, really? $150? And you know what's weird? Because I lost a Blockbuster one. And it was a stupid, like, I rented a movie that was already 10 years old, right? Right. So I went to Kmart or whatever, and I bought one for three bucks. Yeah. And I took them back just to disc, and they wouldn't take no, it because it wasn't not. theirs. Right. Yeah. yeah. They wanted me to pick, same as you, $150. I'm like, I bought it for four. I'm not paying you $150 for this fucking okay, thing. Okay, now there's take one, your- There's one right there. You're selling a used one for $9.99. Now take your entire operation, <laughs> and now imagine if you were in the military. So here's what happened. My dumbass rented Sid and Nancy on VHS because I'm older than you, right? right? And so I rented VHS Sid and Nancy, and then I got activated and had to go to a field problem. So I had to go out and do my job as a tanker. So my buddy that, you know, is completely untrustworthy. He's like, I want to see that. And I think we had a three-day rental or something like that. So I was like, Pete, his name was Meat. So it was Meat Seberg. So I was like, Meat are you going to return this? And he goes, I'm going to return it. I'm like, are you going to fuck me? No, I'm going to return it, man. I'm just going to watch it tonight. I'll return it tomorrow. I was like, don't fuck me. So, but he was I, dyslexic. Yeah. So this so guy, got those two backwards. This guy, Pete Seberg. And if you listen to this podcast, Pete, call me. Uh, God damn it. God damn I can't it. can't buy a house. So maybe, yeah, exactly. Maybe he was just like overcome with the act, uh, amazing acting of Courtney Love and Gary Oldham. I disappear off to damn near Czechoslovakia for six weeks. And I come back to the barracks after six weeks, and there's a JAG officer who wants to take me away in handcuffs because I've committed a felony. What? Because those VHSs were like $90 a piece. And they're U.S. government property. Thank you. So I was being punished for the same thing as writing a bad check. Oh, geez. So the JAG officer's like, Specialist Waters, put your hands behind your back. <laughs> I was like, fuck you. Yeah. What do I do? You've never seen a specialist run this fast. Have you? Right? Did you even know what you did at that I point? I had no idea. Oh, okay. And so they're like, yeah, you got you to gotta come with us. Cuffs or no cuffs. And I was like, you look like a JAG officer. I think I can outrun you. <laughs> I know this place like the back of my fucking hand. I'm like, I'm, gonna, you're, I'm not going down easy. You're going to have to chase me. <laughs> and so it was a foot pursuit for a while. I made it through most of headquarters company, got a little bit into alpha company, maybe a little BMO on the way, right? But eventually, people were called. 
And I decided to relinquish my situation before an act of Congress had to be written. Talk about escalating the situation. Well, I just didn't want to go to jail. (laughs) I I just knew that bad things happen when you went into the jail. Like, you know, MPs don't usually end up with fun. I'd always take the German police over the MPs. So I gave, I made it work. You know, like they said, Hunter S. Thompson said, they appreciate it if you make them run a little bit. They respect you more. (laughs) And so I went in and they said, well... You owe $486 on Sid and Nancy. <laughs> and I said, nobody in the history of time has ever owed $486 on Sid and Nancy. No promoter ever owed ever. the Sex Pistols for That's more than the movie made at the box office. <laughs> exactly. I was so pissed. And I'm like, so they're like, so how do you plead? And I was like, I plead nothing. I went to the field you didn't ask permission before you gave us an alert and activated my unit. So I didn't have time to make it down to the video store that didn't open until 11 o'clock in the morning. Because at 4 o'clock in the morning, I was busy loading 50 cals and ammo onto a goddamn M1 tank. So I did the next best thing, and I entrusted a friend of mine to return the fucking tape. So the fact that we're standing here talking about a Sid and Nancy tape... (laughs) is an extreme misappropriation of government (laughs) funds. So like, so... Can you prove that you gave Pete Seberg the tape? I was like, I can do you one better. I can produce Pete Seberg. <laughs> what? Well, I'll, I'll manifest him right now. What do you mean? Let's go find the motherfucker. <laughs> He's got my tape. Right. Let's go find him right now and let's get his sworn testimony at the end of my fucking knuckles. Right? <laughs> and so, yes, yeah, of course, he had the tape in his fucking wall locker. We're in an eight-man room. We all know each other and yeah. you know, smell each other's farts all day. So he's like, yeah, here's the tape. So what was his excuse? He just, oh, I forgot. I'm a dipshit. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the entire thing. $486 dipshit. We, enti- we agreed to settle the matter out of court and save the United States taxpayers thousands of dollars by invoking the Army Air Force Exchange Service's not so liberal policy on extending the, uh, the rules. So I paid, I think I paid $100 in late fees oh, as a geez. settlement. And I was like, you are the worst friend ever. And on top of that, you're a staff puke. Like the, the line companies, we went into the field and your ass got to sit back and eat good chow and fuck our girlfriends. Right. And apparently not return my Sid and Nancy tape, you bitch. You were talking about government spending and stuff. Not political. This is just facts, whatever. I'm sorry. We, by the way, we had a term for that and that was REMF. And that's a rear echelon motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. But did you see, um, so now they, they calculated all the stuff from Afghanistan from being there for the last 20 years. Oh, God. And oh how God. much money was wasted. Oh, no, I don't even want to fucking they, know. They have all these little things. No. But this, some of this was amazing. No. They you had, mean every American over the age of 18 months could have a BMW K1600 oh, yeah. LT? Some of the stuff, yeah. they built a giant, a giant hospital in the desert that never opened. Never uh, think. They built... I think I, I'm excuse the number because I don't remember exactly. I'm just I mad think, about all the Toyota trucks. Well, no, how about this? Yeah, something around thirty transport planes, like big C one thirty transport yeah, yeah, planes, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I get it. Each one of them flew four times, and and the cost of all the planes was something like fifty eight million dollars. Uh, no, way more, more than that. More than that. Way whatever. more than that. Yeah. You know, and so after, I'm thinking that starts with a B. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Right, yeah. But after a year, they scrapped them and got forty six thousand dollars of scrap. Because they no longer flew. And they have a list of all these different things that were made and built that never got used. I was watching Turning Point on Netflix, and it's kind of walking you through 9-11 all the way there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they were talking about, like, 
this one base, this one building, and the, the, the they were building it for this one CEO or something like that, yeah. this one lieutenant or admiral, I don't know. But he's like, I don't want it. I don't need it. I won't use it. But they right. built it anyway. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Like, yeah, they, they wasted the, the amount of money is, is fucking... Hold on. Oh, that's so painful. I mean, that sucks so bad. But again, again, there's nothing more expensive ever in the history of the planet than the military machine. Like the military machine is like when I was a child in the eighties, people would love to talk about a $300 hammer (laughs) and we're like $300 hammer. That's adorable. Let me show you a $20,000 toothbrush. Like a $300 hammer by today's standards seems like good value for money. It's a hammer. It's probably going to still be there generationally. Right. Meanwhile, it's like I had shit that was issued to me that I never used ever, like night vision devices and all kinds of crazy crap that I was like, I never used this. Yeah, but it's scratched. So now it's, it's demilled. Now we got to de-exit and it's like a fourth $5,000 item. Yeah. So they, they built a $335 million power facility. That cost $245 million a year to run. Yeah. It ran for one year, and it only used 2.2% capacity of the thing before they just shut it down and stopped <sighs> using it. Here, go to cargo planes. Oh, oh my God. Wait, hold on. How many? Let's see. First year. Italian is that aircraft take off and roughly, but they would not have 16 aircraft to delivered to Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. They, the original cost of the 16 aircraft was $549 million. <gasps> they each okay. flew three missions, and then they were scrapped for a total of $40,257. So they paid $500 million <laughs> per unit. No, 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 total. No, because the fucking M1 tank is seven, $8 million for just no, a fucking tank. They don't air, fly. The project cost $549 yeah. million okay, dollars right. for 16 aircraft. So you spent half a billion dollars, and you got forty-four grand. So for the price of half a billion dollars, you didn't even buy a shitty house in Cleveland. Nope. And you got you got three quarters of a Toyota Tacoma. Thirty six for million half dollars, a billion dollars. A thirty six million oh. dollar Marine headquarters that was built oh. in the desert and covered by sand and never used. That's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty eight million on an. <laughs> wait, here's here's the best one. This is the best one. Twenty eight million dollars on an oversight because of an inappropriate camouflage pattern. The, 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 yeah, the, they, the, let the, they let the uh, Afghani general pick the camouflage brand. Wait a second. So he picked out this really cool one. but it, That was trademarked. But, but it stands out in the middle of the day. It was like dark green and black. So he, picked out, so he picked out a camouflage pattern yes. that they weren't allowed to use. That was no good. No, it was, it was no good because it stood out. And so what did that cost him? It uh, what was it again? Uh, Twenty eight million dollars out of an oversight, and and the out of an oversight. And the thing is, is that because he picked that pattern, right. each uniform was forty three to eighty dollars compared to twenty five to thirty because <gasps> it was a trademarked. Is it trademark camouflage pattern? So you guys know I collect camouflage patterns. Like yeah. I collect camouflage gear. I can I I know way too much about camouflage clothing. It's called spec. S-P-E-C 4-C-E-4. Yeah, Spectra 4 C yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Spectra Force, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's an expensive pattern, yeah. And of course he picked it. It's badass looking. Right. And if now, anybody's into it's not appropriate for Desert Warfare. No, it's not. And no, then, I, honestly, I'll be the first one to tell you, I've had the United States Army give me three different camouflage patterns to wear in Desert Warfare, and none of them are actually appropriate. Why wouldn't it just be sand colored? Well, the... Sand. <laughs> you know, so my first... When, we, when I moved my tanks, when my tank went to... Uh, when my tank went to Saudi Arabia, yeah, 
And they put it on the ship. And when they took it off the ship, they had painted it while it was on the ship. And when it came off the ship and I looked at my tank, it was pink. Because it just so turns out that that part of the world, their sand and their paint, like we'd seen sand kark paint, like chemical and resistant coating paint. You know, we're familiar with all the colors. And when we got our tank off, it was like, that's pink. (laughs) I was like, that shit is pink. That's the pink submarine pink. Uh, So yeah, guess what? And then check this out. So America, the biggest, baddest military complex in the world, right? Yeah. They prepaid construction companies to build a road. For $249 million, and 15% of the road was built, then abandoned, and then they took the money. Oh, we are awesome. I feel so dumb. $85 million for a hotel for officers of the U.S. government that never opened, never been used. Wait a second. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking shitting me? Oh, that's ridiculous. How about about this? For the last 20 years, $1.5 million a day trying to stop opium. Oh, no, 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 no. Look, I, so I spent a little bit of time in there. And the, the funny thing is I have, I have seen and observed poppy fields that exist in drug fields that exist in the world that we were told to be careful we didn't maneuver through. Right. Because our tanks might harm them. Yeah. Well, that's the because, ones that the government are growing. Because, no, because we're not allowed to interfere with the business of the local indigenous people. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I got to go over and instead I got to spend my entire life protecting the assets of Halliburton. Right. Because they, oh, this was a long time ago yeah, when yeah, Halliburton yeah, yeah, was still yeah. Halliburton. But the point is, is like we were supplementing the security forces of Halliburton. Oh, I'm sure. But ignoring what was killing millions of Americans, right? right? Yeah, it was just, oh, so fucking hard, man. But anyway, I, yeah, I don't want to get this fucking so stupid. So much money. Yeah. So, hey, I got an idea for you. So we were talking earlier about our buddy John Del Vecchio. Sure. Do you think that John Del Vecchio would be able to run his parking lot cornering confidence course with his, you know, grim bikes and everything else at mid Ohio. Hmm. Yes. Like, cause there's that big train. There's that big area where they do the demo rides and shit and stuff like that. Do you think that like he could get people to sign up to take a couple of hours out of their day and go out and learn how to corner? I would think so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it's like, you got all the bikers in the world at Mid-Ohio. Like, Mid-Ohio is straight up. There are 40,000 people that are looking for something to do yep. between, like, waking up and drunk 30. And, and the thing well, is... Well, between, wake, between waking up and kicking Steve's ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Yeah. 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 That's true. <laughs> but, um, but on top of that, too, compared to, like, other motorcycle yeah. shows... Um, that maybe some of those guys aren't really interested in cornering their fucking road king right. that much. Yeah. Yeah. Like this group is more or less people that would probably be interested. In I that, think they would know? be interested yeah. in that. And, and, and if anybody's ever done the lap of mid-Ohio, the, the lap of history, yeah. and you're like, I'm going to go out and do a lap of history because like I want to, you know, I'm going to give my 20 bucks and be a part of like, I want to ride on, on mid-Ohio on my, you know, GS850, right. right? And then you get out there and you realize, Oh shit! Nobody told me it was a race. Well, the first and second, the first and second Oops. lap tend not to be too bad. It's the one where you're on the third lap, and you know, like, oh, what are they going to do? Kick you off at that point? Like, this is your last lap. I've always said, like, if you try to stay at the front of the pack on lap one and lap two, it's a challenge. Yeah, it's it's hard to but stay at the front three. of the pack. Lap three is when it just goes sideways, and the best is when you get a leader. Our yeah. leader, the last time I went. Yeah. He was like, all right, third lap. We all know we're going to get a little hot. If you yeah. can beat me, 
you know, whatever. Yeah, Cause, you I know. did the Sunday one. So the Sunday one was like just stragglers. There was yeah. probably, there was less people on the Sunday one. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go out there. What the fuck, you know? Yeah. And I went out and I was like, okay. And the for one year I did it on the TDM 850, which is like the used motor, like it is the most used motorcycle on the planet. Yeah. I bought this bike at mid Ohio. <laughs> the tires were 20 years old. It had 97 inches of front suspension. It was all dive, right? It was like it was like getting onto an elevator that was made poorly. If you touch the front brake, the motorcycle got seven feet shorter. Yeah. And I'm going to go out and do a hot lap in mid-Ohio. Sure you are. The bikes that I looked around me on Sunday were all bikes that were bought at Mid-Ohio. <laughs> I swear to God, there wasn't a bike around me that was more than 1200 bucks. Yeah. And we're at Mid-Ohio on the fucking race car track yeah. with a leader who is like truly... Like, I'm looking around. I'm like, this motherfucker's green group. Like this. Like he's not screwing around. Yeah. He's got fucking. He's got sliders on his elbows. <laughs> like, what the fuck is he doing out here with all of us idiots? <laughs> and he pulled that shit. He's like, well, as long as you, you know, as long as you don't pass me, you're probably good to go. Yeah. And I was like. Look at this fucking ass. Nobody's passing him. He's on a fucking R1. <laughs> what the fuck is going on with this shit? He's got 19 GoPros. Yeah. He's sponsored. <laughs> He's got a drone that follows him around. His name's on the side of a fucking truck in the parking lot. Yeah. As long as you don't pass me, you're okay. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> the hell? Long lost cousin of Nikki Hayden and shit yeah. showing up at mid-Ohio. And the run, we're all on like 78 gold wings and shit. <laughs> We're on bikes that have square hard tires, Chang Shins from the 80s. Right. And this guy's like, yeah, as long as you don't pass me, you're cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, look, I went out, I gave it a hell of a fucking try for lap one and lap two, and I couldn't do shit. Yep. Every time I'd go into a corner, the bike would just turn sideways <laughs> or parts would fall off. But then I realized everybody else was jettisoning shit off their yeah. bikes too. Toolkit came out of a BMW R80. <laughs> Guy leaned the bike over, $200 toolkit. Yeah. Just slid out of the side of the bike. Still had a pie plate on it, 3200 bucks. I could have bought it in lap two. <laughs> but he was 100 pounds lighter then. Yeah. Yeah, he lost the toolkit that had 200 items in it. Yeah. This was insane. Nobody tells anybody that the parade lap of mid-Ohio is like 140 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. In the back straight. Like, it was no shit. That guy disappeared on me. He disappeared on me in lap one, lap two. And I kind of reeled him in because he was like having a sandwich or something waiting for us to catch up before he got to the fucking, you know, before he got to insanity and mayhem and shit. Yeah. He's sitting out there. He's just like, just got a churro standing on the side of the track waiting for us to show up. He's got a passenger they're sharing. Yeah, exactly. And we caught up to the guy because he's doing that whole look over the shoulder sit while you're standing on the pegs like you slow motherfuckers. Right. Or I hate when they go through a fucking like, like a hairpin turn. Yeah. And they're like completely look back, like like completely comfortable, like oh, yeah, wrong yeah. hand on the bar, yeah. looking this way. Oh yeah, hey, completely yeah. just fucking yeah. turned around backwards, side saddle. <laughs> yeah, right, like they're Indian, and like riding this shit. Dot, not fifty five degree lean. Yeah, <laughs> and they're leaning right over and shit. And they're like, "You guys, I'm ready when you are. You want to go yet? Okay, no, we'll wait for more of you to catch up. That's cool. That's great. All right, let's let this shit." And so by lap three, I was just like, "Fuck these guys!" And we got the fourth lap, so we got the oh, bonus nice. camera yeah. lap. And so the guy was like. We're going to go another lap. And I was like, fuck, yeah, we are. <laughs> but lap four was hilarious because lap four, I realized that we had left motorcycles scattered around the entire mid-Ohio course. <laughs> there was like 11 bikes that didn't make it yeah. on the parade lap. But I did realize that it was because all of them were bought there that weekend. Yeah. 
And that should be the rule for Sunday. The rule for Sunday <laughs> should be any parade laps on mo- sun- Sunday have to be motorcycles with no titles. Right. Right. <laughs> if your motorcycle idles and has a title, you're not allowed not to allowed. take a parade lap on it. It can't idle and it can't have a title. Right. It must leak at least this much gas. Yeah. It, it sounds like Chitty Chitty Bang. <laughs> it, should, it should take two people to start it. Yes. <laughs> Here, you hold this. I'm going to kick it. <laughs> <laughs> motorcycles that bump start yeah. only yeah that should be the rule for mid-ohio because i mean yeah I mean, when were these brakes changed <laughs> oh never 10, ten years ago <laughs> <laughs> we have a chance to think about brakes no no like the people from bosch and the people from brembo yeah. can go to mid-ohio to see what 40 year old brake fluid looks like yeah because no brake fluid in mid-ohio has ever been changed no. ever like we were dicking around with that Yamaha 1100 and we got that thing running and we got it running. I lit it up and I'm riding this thing over to the swap meet. I'm like, just stay, just keep going, baby. And I'm just stroking that throttle, keeping all four carbs kind of fucking working. And at some point I was like, cause you know, it's gravel. Mm. It's all the gravel in the world. Oh yeah. And like, there was a little air in the tires, <laughs> but I was like, oh shit. If somebody jumps out in front of me, I have never Pulled the brake lever on this motorcycle. See if it even stops. It's a triple disc Don't brake bike. It. Right. Yeah. It's a triple disc brake bike. Every time I've walked past it for three years, I've kicked the calipers. Right. You need three legs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I fucking, I kicked the calipers on a motorcycle that we had no intention of riding. Right. Until Sunday. <laughs> right. That Sunday morning when John and I were like, well, we could smoke this cigarette or we could make that motorcycle run. Right. We have options. And then they had no brakes. Because I was scared to use them. Right. Because once you use them, they might not. Un-use. They don't open up. Right. You're done. And that that fucking like that was the dumbest thing ever is riding that motorcycle <laughs> over there. And it was like it came so close to making it. But you're absolutely right. Because like I bought I bought that bike. <clears throat> yeah. I jumped on it. Oscar yeah. rode it. Yeah. And then the next thing I know, I'm going down a hill and I'm like, oh yeah. And there was no brakes. No, like, there's zero brakes. Why does you think? I don't. I didn't think about it either. It was like something you don't think about brakes when you're there. It's the Italian law of road racing. What's behind you doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right? Just fuck it, man. Just fuck it. That happened on that CB500. I had no brakes. You had no brakes whatsoever. And then I guess I could have used the one-shot uh, disc brake on the front. No, no. That's like a parachute, <laughs> yeah. man. Like, if you grab that front brake lever, that had literally better be the only thing keeping you from dying. But it ended up it wouldn't have worked anyway. Yeah, it's totally seized. Yeah, yeah. I, I tell people lines were all the lines were plugged. Oh, I've I've told people all the time. I'm like, look, man, if you grab that front brake lever, we're no longer friends. But you know what's worse than yeah. all that though is when you get home and you have one of these fucking mid Ohio bikes, and then you change to fork oil. Yeah, my yeah. wife was in the house, a yeah, hundred feet away, yeah. and she was like, "What is that smell? This coming from the ground?" And then I leaked. Yeah. When I was doing it. Yeah. And now my driveway's fucked. No, it's well testicles. <laughs> yeah. Like all that is is just ground up well testicles. That's all it is. That shit is like it it's whale farts. Like that all of that stuff is just hor- We took a well, we blended it up. Yeah. A little yeah. bit of oil that settled up on top, yeah. we scraped that off. Exactly. <laughs> The the funny thing is, you're not I mean, hey, we know. I know you know. Uh, oh. Final drive oil. Oh. Or or fork oil, yeah. right? Fork oil and final drive oil. You get a motorcycle that's forty years old. Yeah, you get that shit on any part of your body. Mm. Cut it off. <laughs> Just cut it off, man. 
flame. Burn it. Cauterize it. Exactly. Fucking. It's worth it. The pain. I'd rather, is, I'd rather have anti-seize on me. Yeah. Listen, the pain will be done in 10 minutes. Right. The stink lasts forever. forever. Wait, yeah. that or great stuff stuck on your skin. Okay. Now, Meckle uh, Fresh is the great stuff king. Yeah. Nobody knows more about great stuff than he does. Yeah, like great stuff is like just gorilla glue yeah yeah, yeah. that's all like it is you get that shit on you you're done i had it on, i got it on my jacket i wore it and I, like it just fucks everything <laughs> in the <laughs> military there was this a, product called white like, phosphorus you can't, you can't wash it off or anything it's no. just fucking like tree sap yep Ugh. i think that i think that <laughs> great stuff is the love child of napalm and white phosphorus because it just fucks whatever it gets on yeah. and whatever it gets on you just have to throw away You know, the instructions for great stuff on the can, it should say, do not use this product. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. (laughs) Just ever. (laughs) Ever. Just throw it straight away. If you put this next to your window, it'll break your window. Dude, my favorite thing, and this is honest to God true, I used to work at this one recording studio, and the owner was a super rich guy that like traded really expensive guitars. Okay. okay. Like he'd have yeah. like, you know, 1957 gold top Les Pauls that were like 15,000 bucks and stuff. And so he was really worried about shipping this one the one time. And so he read this article because I mean, this is way back. This is like 98 or 97 um, that, you know, you can just get a, a trash bag and fill it with great stuff and then throw whatever you want to ship on top of the trash bag and the oh, stuff will come I get it. it. I get it. I get and it. I see molds, where you're going with that. It molds to the thing. So and then, you take a garbage bag. Yes. And another garbage bag. You put the item you want to ship between the two. You fill the garbage bag with great stuff. Right. You fill the other garbage bag with great stuff, and it makes a perfect cocoon around the item you want to ship. Yeah. Fair enough. Except for that the garbage bags he used were yeah. susceptible to the chemicals in the great foam. <gasps> and so he literally just entombed a, a guitar inside great foam. Like it's just a solid square thing of great foam with a guitar in the middle of it. So oh he didn't know, but he didn't God. know it because he did it yeah. and he, you know, it looked yeah. fine. Yeah. So he ships it to this guy that paid like $15,000 for this <gasps> guitar. He gets it and he's like, say, uh, how do I get the guitar out of this? He's like, oh, you should just be able to pull the bags pull apart. Pull the bags apart. He's like, they're doing the outside bag. There was kind of eaten. And he goes, I'm not seeing. And he started chipping at it. He sent pictures. And this dude. It's ruined. It's ruined. It's ruined. <laughs> it's done. Look, great stuff. <laughs> Here in Cleveland, Ohio, we have this thing called salt. Yeah. Uh, and salt is bad. Mm-hmm. So salt is bad. But so people will have holes in their trucks. Oh, like yeah. if you got a Mercedes Sprinter and it's three years old. <laughs> It's all holes. It's cancer all the way up to the door handles. <laughs> or a new Fiat. Or a new Fiat. Yeah. It's cancer within yeah. two to three years, right? Or a Ford. Certain, <laughs> certain cars do not do well in salt. No. So what the thing around here is, is to take great stuff and take cardboard, take like a pizza box, mm-hmm. and hold a pizza box where the metal used to be. Oh, and then take the great stuff nozzle and put it behind in that void, mm-hmm. in that area normally air and salt go right (laughs) and you press the button and it becomes that and then you rip the pizza box off Mm -hmm. and now the whole fender or the whole side panel or the whole quarter panel is just great stuff Mm -hmm. and pizza box exactly you ain't getting that pizza box back but then the whole run a cheese grater right and then you run a cheese grater over it you run a hasp over it to make it smooth looking right right then you bondo it and then you bondo it right and that shit has fooled a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people have been like, yeah, it looks straight. Yeah. 
Yeah. My samurai was ninety five percent great stuff, <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was now amphibious. Right. <laughs> hey, so good news. Speaking yeah. of salt and everything, yeah. did you see that the city of Cleveland is not going to use the, no more liquid deicer? Yeah, which they they found out was actually radioactive and killing things. No, yes. really? Yeah. If there's an article on Channel Five News where what? they just dropped it, so like the company. So wait a second. The problem with the product wasn't that it ate our cars. Well, it, that's part of it too. But it, so the it, problem was that it was radiologically hot. You know, here's why: it, it, it's a saline solution yeah. that is is it is reclaimed from the oil drilling process. It's the saline oh, it's that fracking. comes up through it. Yeah, it's so fracking. It's the fracking, fracking, so fracking salts. Frac yeah. juice. So that's it has it had a high thing of R thirty eight and R whatever radium radio frackers were radium, happy to get rid of that yeah. shit and get a little money out. Well, of it. Of course yeah. they were. Right, well, and then, we'll then our dumbasses are full of it. Hey, hey, Chris, you know what? So what city do you run? Okay, great. I'm going to give you a sprayer adapter for your plow truck. It's going to hold 5,000 gallons in the back. It's got a spray pump on the side. I'm going to give you that for free. How does you this just, work so well? You it just got to sign this contract. So quick. It seems like the liquid is always 150 it degrees. It just comes out <laughs> warm. What the fuck, man? Are you <laughs> kidding me? No, and the melts, driver has three heads. It melts the shit out of that snow. Yeah, it does melt the shit out of that skin and cars. And they just dump millions and millions of gallons well, on it on yeah. our streets and now you're driving through lorraine county yeah where region five or whatever it is all they do is spray that crap on yeah the route oh, it's crazy how much oh, that shit good. they go through yeah no, yeah. they have tanker trucks no, it's, it's insane spray bars, big too. nozzles on the back yeah. <laughs> yep. good yeah. good good yeah you know it's safe because after they spray it you can see the stripes on the road look like fucking corduroys for the next seven months yeah and you're like oh this is clearly biodegradable right. if one truck made one pass one time and you can see the corduroy stripes on the road from this chemical that they poured down yeah. which ate the fucking concrete yes like and it turns yeah. into foam and then everything on the road is foam if it rains wouldn't that be cool if it made the stripes glow in the dark? Yeah, it would, like, yeah, it would be like this. So. I love it. I love the whole thing. It's like after 20 years of knowing that it just destroys your cars and everything else, if you want to make it go away, you just prove that it's radiologically hot, right? That's what people will pay attention not, not to. Not all of it is, though, because I actually went out on the road with my yeah. Geiger counter to check it. <laughs> I did. I, know, I swear to God, I have a Geiger counter. Oh, uh, the stuff is called Aqua Salina. So that's a company here in Cleveland, by the way. I don't yeah, know yeah, if you, you know this. And it says it contains high levels yep, of the radioactive right. radium 226 and 228. Yeah. So Aqua Salina is a company that exists here in Cleveland that a few years ago, I had had a conversation with somebody and was like, do are people so fucking stupid? that they don't know that caveat emptor means buyer beware, mm -hmm. and they don't know that aqua salina means salt water. Right. Anybody who would buy a product <laughs> from a company called aqua salina right. is a fucking stupid, like a fucking dick. Like, like, oh, what are you going to do? Oh, our city is going to give $9 million to aqua salina to provide <laughs> water to keep the dust down when they do construction. That's what they say. That, that side of their building down on 77 says dust control, uh, road de-icing. Yeah. You know? It's like buying a dick guillotine. It's just <laughs> stupid. It's, uh, it is, it is de-icer made from brine at duck creek energies it's got the word duck in it it's got to be healthy duck creek energies vertical oil and gas wells it is then filtered in cleveland ohio oh, oh my boy, god great. the department of transportation pr approved aqua salina in 2004 
And it does get sold at Lowe's. You can buy Aquafina. I'm sorry, Aquasalina. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In the winter of 2017, the Ohio Department of Transportation sprayed a half a billion gallons of Aquasalina de-icer on highways. (gasps) And then in uh, 2018, they jumped that number up to 620,000 gallons of it. Holy shit. Uh, It's been over a billion, literally over a billion gallons of that shit has been pissed out on our roads and they found ODNR tested it, found high radium levels. Oh, guess what? The Duquesne University scientist called it a nightmare. Uh, somebody from the ODNR called it devil's piss. <laughs> so guess what, folks? Yay! You're you're soaking in it. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Yeah, what the hell? And we're driving through it. Madge. And I get mad when I'm riding my motorcycle. The chick in front of me uses her fucking sprayers. Yeah. And she's like, oh, look, the sun's in front. My windshield's dirty. She just gets on the road in front of me. I'm going 40, 50 miles an hour. And they're not calibrated, so they're actually oh, shooting over Oh, she pulls out in car. front of me at 12 miles an hour and gives great guns to her fucking squirters. Yeah. Right? And it's just going all the way over her car and hitting the windshield of my bike, hitting the visor on my lid, yeah. and all that shit's ammonia, and it's all fucking my plexiglass up. Dude, you know what? I was so mad the other day. She got mad when I busted her mirror off. And I spent all all Saturday yeah, morning. I'm out there scrubbing and buffing some bikes. Yeah. You know, I got my uh, my three favorite bikes. I got them all like, dialed in, and I'm like, I'm gonna go take the green one for a ride. So I go yeah. and take a little ride, and they're working on all these goddamn bridges. And so I went underneath the bridge, and it, I, I swear that somebody dumped a bucket of cement off the uh. bridge. I'm just driving underneath it, and the whole thing is like... Yeah, no, great road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, would you guys like to hear an interesting thing that'll really piss you off? Duck Creek Energy won a lawsuit. They won a lawsuit against two individuals who said that Aqua Salina was frack waste or (laughs) fracking water. So two people said, it's frack waste, it's fracking water, and Aqua Salina says, you can't say that about us, and they won. Really? They won a lawsuit. Where, where, it's, it's cooling water from radioactive, you know. They were they plants. were they were legally allowed to continue describing it as toxic, <laughs> but they weren't allowed to use the words frack waste or fracking water. Right. But toxic was okay. Totally fine. Totally fine. What the shit? And then they're like, the ruling made a distinction saying that aquasalina is versus contains. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. If you're going to court over that, oh, do you know who else went to court recently? I think his name is Kyle Knievel. <laughs> well, pretty soon you won't be able to go to court in Cuyahoga County because they're all all the judges are dropping dead. Oh, really? Three died in the last three weeks. Really? Yep. Get the fuck out of here. And how yeah. old were they? They all had Steve Hoffer uh, cases. Steve's not saying anything His lawyers have advised him to say no more on the topic. It's not, <laughs> Ke- it's not Kyle. It's not Kyle Knievel. It's Kelly Knievel. Kelly Knievel. So Kyle Kne- Kelly Knievel <laughs> sued Disney. Oh, good. Because in Toy Story, mm-hmm. there's a, a, a character that rides a motorcycle. And his name is Duke Kaboom. Oh, yeah. And he's voiced by Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Who happens to be, despite being born in Beirut, a Canadian. Right. Who also, Keanu Reeves, builds fucking motorcycles and is kind of a super cool individual. Arch motorcycles. He is the voice behind Duke Kaboom, who, in my opinion, I think we may have covered this earlier, I think he's Super Dave Osborne. 
Yes, I would agree with Canadian you. stuntman. Yep, I would agree with you. I think he's definitely Dave Osborne. Enough said. And I think that Evil Knievel is a ripoff of Elvis Presley with a motorcycle. Okay. I mean, Evil Knievel is Evil Knievel. Don't get me wrong. I oh, grew up. Wow. I grew up dealing with that. At, you know, alcoholic Pollock as being my like father figure and my mentor and the person I looked up to, right? Um, but the point being that Kelly Knievel sued them because Duke Kaboom is way too much evil Knievel. Now, if you see the movie, I haven't seen the movie, but I, I, I did look at excerpts and he does have an evil Knievel stunt cycle. It's not the same kind of chargey, chargey. It's, it's, it's not the same, but it is a motorcycle toy. I'll give him that. But at no point is it, you know, and the funny thing is the Kelly Knievel's lawsuit is all about like Duke Kaboom is ripping off evil Knievel. And this is why the judge, and and this is why the judges are killing themselves. Right. Exactly. They got this shit on their docket. But the real sad part is nobody's trying to replicate Robbie Knievel. (laughs) I think that's what they were mad about. It it wasn't like, you know, Duke Kaboom. It wasn't like, and this is the Robbie Knievel toy, which they could have done because Robbie Knievel is a motorcycle stuntman. Yeah. And he is the the prodigal son of Evil Knievel. But he's done now though, right? I don't know if he's done or not, but he would have loved to have been in the movie. Yeah, I'm sure. If they had a Robbie Knievel doll... Voiced by Robbie Knievel. Yeah, that'd be all right. <laughs> right? I think they would have been thrilled they wouldn't be suing Pixar no. or uh, uh, Disney. But anyway, long and short of it is the judge says, yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. It, I mean, it's look. It's like a Band-Aid. Like Evil Knievel, Duke Kaboom. Right. It's like saying Band-Aid. I agree. There's also this thing that it's or like. Q-tip or whatever. Yeah. Right. It, I call them ear squeegees and everybody thinks I'm nuts, but that's what they are, right? <laughs> but but again, it's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, Disney when they do Luca, yeah. they call it the Vespa. They like they yeah. just pay the money and say, fuck it. It's a Vespa. I think Vespa paid them, to be honest with I you. I don't care who paid who. Somebody paid somebody. I watched the credits. It doesn't look like Vespa paid that. It looks like it looks like Disney acknowledges Vespa's existence and decided that in the movie it would be kind of like Camaro to be like, oh, yeah, but, uh, you know, you don't want to be seen riding the uh, Italian motor scooter? Like, and yeah. using words other than Vespa? But dude, they, I, I, I want to go to the meeting. I want to hear right. the meetings because... It was a giant commercial for Vespa. Absolutely. When the kid is like the greatest thing that uh, that humans ever, ever created. Yeah, it is Vespa. just the greatest thing that humans have ever created. Yeah, yeah. But again, he's not wrong. No, no, of course not. <laughs> As I the guy cheering. that rides those things, I'm going to tell you. I watched yeah. that movie the day it came out because my daughter was stoked about it. And I think I sent you guys. I was like, I was shitting myself because I had no idea what it was about. Right. And all of a sudden he's saying that. I recorded it on my phone and I think I sent it to you. I was like, yeah. holy shit, this whole movie's about oh, Vespas. I was fucking shocked. I mean, I was shocked. I'm surprised you don't see it. Like, we saw Vespas as seen in the hit movie, Luca. <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised there, that Piaggio didn't jump on that shit like that's why i know piaggio didn't pay for it oh because you would have had Mark okay because yeah. if piaggio would have given one nickel to disney yeah i would have had you wouldn't be able to walk in the shop <laughs> for the amount of pixar lucas shit that that piaggio would have made me buy yeah right oh phil here's your piaggio floor mats from luca here's your luca fucking <laughs> coffee mugs here's your luca t-shirts believe me if Piaggio would have paid $3 million to have yeah, their name featured right. yeah, in a Disney right, movie. Right. 
I would be forced to buy $50,000 worth of merchandise how to sell long, at my shop. How long do you think until we see a Luca special edition Vespa? Which one? Because his bike, like the the dickhead rode the cool one. The yeah, dickhead yeah, rode, yeah, the, yeah. rode the red GS was the dickhead. Right. So like nobody wants the dickhead scooter, right? But like their bike was a shitbox. Well, I'm just saying. It's their bike was be, a miscellaneous shitbox. It'll be shit blue with like a sea monster on the side. Yeah, I don't something. know. Like again, <laughs> I don't think we're going to see it because yeah, Disney, yeah, because, Pit, it, right, right. because Piaggio didn't pay. So I watched the credits, and in the credits, it said they'd like to thank. Special appreciation goes to Piaggio So Group the marketing SBA. team at fucking Vespa was just fucking stroking it the whole oh, time yeah. that movie oh, came yeah. out. Well, I'm sure that they went to and said, we would like to, we would like to feature your product in a, in a movie we're working on. Yeah. Um, is that okay? And they were like, is that okay? Yeah. Is that a fucking K? It's probably the same thing. Is that, that I- okay? Can I give you $13 million to make it more important? Yeah. And they're like, it's pretty important to begin with, but you know, you can't give any money because we're Disney and you don't tell us which way to zig. Right. We tell you how to zag. And I think that's what it was. It's I, almost the yeah. same thing that like uh, wild hogs did for the image of Harley. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a second. First of all, wild hogs is a documentary. Okay. okay. Let's not fuck that up. If anybody's ever seen wild hogs, I can assure you that wild hogs is a fucking documentary. It could that be. is all about the American brotherhood lifestyle in the United States. Yes. And <laughs> Sons of Anarchy is real. Yes. Yes. It's exactly it right. It's 100% real. You get shot for wearing that cut. Oh, Wild Hogs <laughs> is to me, as a guy who works in this industry, of all the films about the Hells Angels and, and uh, the Crow Mags <laughs> and the fucking whoever, right? Yeah. Every bullshit reality TV show yeah. from Orange County Choppers to West Coast Chopper works on... <laughs> Wild Hogs is the one that got it right. Yep. I see more 50-year-old men wadding up Harley Davidsons <laughs> in my world. Yeah. I see more 50-year-old men with fucking 96 acres of Harley Owners Group shit but the, crashing bikes. And yeah. the best part is is that they got it so right because it was Thursday and all three of the main characters are at work in white shirts and ties. Yeah. And then Friday comes and all of a sudden they look like they walked out of the fucking the leather bar. Like It does. <laughs> they those they were literally, they all came out of the fucking leaky sphincter. They even made yeah. a deal because they're like, zzz, yeah. Zzz, oh, zzz, yeah. <laughs> it was it was like an advertisement for bondage lifestyle. Yeah. So what bar do you guys hang out? Oh, the tool shed. <laughs> all right. Very good. All right. So anybody got anything else? No. Ah, I think that's enough. Fuck that. We're going to wake Mackle fresh up for the end of the podcast. Ride fast. Take chances and press the red button.